Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. It's not 620 CKRM, it's Jim Smalley Radio, and I love it. Yes, indeed. The Ayatollah of Canola, Jim Smalley, is done. Today is his last day, and uh, this is a sports show, but sometimes things supersede sports. We will get to the sports topics of the day, and we have a loaded show like we always do, about six, seven guests, plus your chance to win some cash with the Saskatchewan Rough, uh, Rough Rider Foundation Chase the Ace Lottery. But first, my buddy... Uh, my mentor, Jim Smalley, who is in the control room. It was um, it was June sixteenth. It was nineteen ninety seven. I'm in the newsroom with. Uh, let me plug this in with my uh, the guy who got hired with me, John Murney. We're in the newsroom, and Jim Smalley is uh, desking that day. For you people that don't get radio, he that's where he was taking the anchor role doing the news. And I forget what it was, Jim. I don't know if it was a fire or a murder or something, but we were... John used to wear these suspenders, and he was... Us, just sweating buckets, and he was all nervous. And I'm typing away, and Smalley, you were like a like the orchestra. You were just conducting. It was. Do you remember that day? Oh, Mike, I will never forget it. I've, I've every time I introduce you to peop, new people in the newsroom, I say, and there's Michael Ball. Yeah. By the way, you know how I told you as you started your first day that uh, you get to sit and just watch. Well, poor Mike and John Murney. I was desking, so when I'm running the desk doing the news, mm-hmm. there are certain things has to be done, and if I don't have time to get to them, then whoever's there is going to help me. Hmm. And Mike, you were there and so you were pounding out stories and Mernie was doing interviews and then he was pounding out stories and you were doing, doing interviews. interviews. Yeah. I kept you guys just a hopping. Two guys, because I was the only one there and I had two newbies that were just learning the business, but you'd, you'd worked in radio, yeah. you'd worked in Estevan. Yeah. John had worked in Prince Albert, so therefore your guys are fair ball to put you to work and, and I apologize. Remember at the time? Yes, you did. I'm so sorry guys. I yep. have to put you to work and work you hard, but it's a busy day, and we've got to get this, 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 and this on the air now. Now, Jim Smalley, the newsroom's named after him. Good afternoon and good farming. The other thing was, he would say, time to set my boot heels to be wandering. <laughs> Where did you come up with that saying? Well, you know, I've never really revealed that, but it is in a song. Bob Dylan did it. Yeah, I think it was a song written by the birds, yep. and uh, it's kind of... Uh, time for me to set my boot heels to be wandering. Uh, I forget the name of the song even, but it's in a song. If you ever listen to a song mm. from the 1960s, there's only about there's only about um, probably three people in the world that I've never seen in a bad mood. My 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 family friend who since passed away, East Indian guy came over here, church going guy, name was Lawrence Rodriguez. I never saw him in a bad mood. I've never, even though my mom has lost her leg still alive. I've never seen my mom in a bad mood where she wasn't heavily medicated with something, right? And you, I've never seen you in a bad mood in all the years I've worked here, going on 27 for me and 8 million years for you. Well, Mike, that's very kind of you, but I do have 
have bad moods. I get well, I get, not here, maybe with your wife, but no, not no. me. Well, I get cranky. Should we talk about that, <laughs> <laughs> Penny. You did a great job with the two o'clock news. Well, thank you very much. Do you want to be hired or what? Well, we'll talk. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk. So, yeah. so how do you feel about uh, Jim walking away? You have a journalist background, so you knew what Jim went through when he when he'd come back and tell the stories from work. Well, what do you uh, think about Jim and his great career? I have been nothing but proud of him because of his, he's one of these gentlemen that truly is honest, straightforward, and that's what has been expressed today by different people mm. who have worked with him. And I couldn't be more proud. And we have a, a wonderful relationship in that he is my, my best friend on earth, you know. And so we're going to do fine in retirement. We're going to do a little traveling, mm -hmm. we'll work on our business. We, yep. uh, you know, we have a little business we call small things. Okay. We uh, buy and sell coins. So oh, yeah. So we're going to be working on that a little bit. That's outstanding. Yeah. Um, um, Jim, what's the best? Can you think of uh, one news story or one thing you covered that you ca that captivated you either in ag or in like just in everyday news? Oh, there's all kinds of stories. Would have been the Thatcher murder? The third Thatcher That's murder was a, a, as a news story, but there's one story that I always tell at every uh, like farm meeting that I have. It's where I told when I was uh, given awards, uh, you know, into the uh, Hall of Fame for Agribition. And if you've got, I'll try to cut it into That's two fine. minutes. That's but fine. This is the story. This is all true, folks. So there I am. It's November. It's a cold day in November, and I'm supposed to go down to Esteban to cover a riding. It's a it's a it's a, a by-election for the MLAs, mm -hmm. and running in that by-election is Grant Devine for the Conservatives, Ralph Goodale for the Liberals, and Jack Chapman for the NDP. Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, I go out to the airport at 5 in the evening. Now, that's almost dark by 5, and I have city clothes on. And we get in this three-seater airplane. There's Gord Vizzuti from TV, his cameraman, me, and the and the pilot. Now, the pilot obviously doesn't have his time up, and he doesn't know what he's doing. Because mm -hmm. he follows the highway to Estevan all the way. <laughs> he dips the wing to check to see the elevator. Yeah. And he's, so he's looking at the elevator to make sure that's the town on his map. He's got his map on, on his lap. Yeah. following the map all the way down to not on his phone it's no, a, it's no, a it's, map because oh, it's is, way back in the this day this is way back in the 80s yeah so so as we come into Esteban airport he's looking at his map coming in we kind of swing around and uh, he says hang on we drop 50 feet and land just just bango Oh, and by the way, there was no heater, and so we were oh. cold. Remember, you're 200, 300 feet up, and yeah. it's November, and we got city clothes on, so we're cold. Well, it's a long day. Uh, I'd worked all day, so this is like 5 o'clock at night. We get down to Estevan. It's a by-election, but it goes late. And uh, finally, and you won't believe who won. Remember, Grant Devine, mm -hmm. uh, Ralph Goodale, Ralph and Jack Goodale. Chapman. Yeah. Jack Chapman of the NDP won. Wow. The NDP won. That's crazy. It is. So... So there we are now. So now I've got to get out of, you know, it's, I'm done. It's 1230 at night. So I've worked all day and all night. And I get back out to the airport. And here I am at this airport. And there is the plane and the pilot and a tractor beside the plane. And the pilot is rubbing the wing. He's got a towel and he's rubbing the wing. And so uh, he, the first thing he says is, I'm sorry, I couldn't get the heater fixed. Oh, great. Uh, why is the tractor here? He says, oh, we, we need a boost. It won't start. we got to get a boost from the oh, tractor. Oh, no. So I'm starting to think, okay, two hours by car, one hour by plane. How do I get to town to get a ride to town? Two hours by car, <laughs> one hour by plane. How do I get a ride into town? And, he, and, he's, and he's still rubbing the wing while I'm thinking this, right? And guess who at 
at 12.30 or quarter to one in the morning, grabs a piece of towel and starts rubbing an airplane wing. Jim Smalley. That's right. Because cause you know what he said? He said, you see, there's just enough moisture on the airplane wing. Because I couldn't see anything. Why are you rubbing? I can't see yeah. anything. He said, there's just enough moisture. You get up 50 feet and it freezes and you fall like a stone. Down. Can I ask a question? You're one of the smarter men I know. Why did you get on that plane? Because it was two hours by car, one hour <laughs> by plane. <laughs> and my wife still remembers when I climbed in bed because Wait a minute. Now, because this is I my was part to yeah tell. yeah no yeah. He gets home and it must be two in the morning. Yeah. He climbs in and I shoot out the other side because I couldn't handle how cold he was. I was an icicle. That is a li- oh. Usually it's the ladies yes. that stick their feet under your butt. That's right, yeah. Yeah. To warm cr- up. And here I was cr- an icicle. Hey, what do you That's sh- my best story? That's Mike. awesome, man. I love it. And you're full of stories. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm gonna miss the most. Um what what are you most proud of in your whole career? Really? Like yourself. The comments that I heard today, because they all said I was fair, balanced, and had integrity and did a good job. Those comments today give me my biggest pride and uh, a moment that I will never forget. To hear such a wide range of people saying such things. This is a business where you sink a lot into it, and sometimes it's not very forgiving without going into it. So I just want you... Well, you have a second to give a shout out to your wife and your family because you got to have a good support system at home. There's a lot of divorced people in this business. I am one of them. So for you guys to get to that point, she's obviously had to play a pretty big part in that, Jim. Well, just before he says that, anything about that, I'll let you know, this is our 47th anniversary this year. Yeah, this year and uh, actually just last week. And it's so true what you said, Mike. It's it's a tough business. It's a demanding business. It's getting up and being at work at 5 in the morning to be on the air at 6. And then it's also working till 2 in the morning sometimes. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the next morning I had to be at work for 9 a.m. I know. You know? Oh, I know. Yeah, it's, I know. That's this business. It's it's a demanding business, but it's also, as you heard today, it's a rewarding business. And now, now so you're going to give me a chance to say my one big thing I always say about being a journalist and a farm journalist especially, mm-hmm. and that is I come from the farm. I've seen real work. This yeah. is not real work. No, you said that. I come that. from the farm. I'll never forget you saying yeah, that, I, and I'll never forget. I've seen real work. Two other things you always told me I'll never forget. You said always pay attention to what the veterans do. So I've like, and I'm talking veterans in this business. Yeah. And so I've done that. And the other thing you always told me is uh, careful to not to become the character you are on the radio. Yeah. You told me that because I became you know you're ballsy because you're supposed yes. to be a character. Yeah. It's good to have that, but be be careful you're not that all all the time in be your a life. Real person. That's Absolutely, what you said. So Mike. I. I appreciate that, man. That's great that you. Uh, that's great that you uh, have lasted this long, and uh, that you're going to leave on your own terms. Yes, yeah, that's unusual for this. That business you're too. getting to leave on your own terms, and you're with the love of your life, and you have a smile on your face, and you guys can work together. That's awesome, man. And I appreciate everything you've done for me. Oh, Mike, I haven't done hardly anything oh, for you. Oh, no, you have so, and you're you led by example. You're in the first couple of years when I hey. I remember the very first uh, early on in my infancy here when I was uh, when I was uh, an intern 
and and then I went away to Esteban and came back. You and Pete Pasco to Big Hat and me getting hired here in the first place. But remember Lauren Harrison, who oh, yeah, remember, we respect yeah. Lauren Harrison as yeah. a as a good worker and a great talk show host. But he also had the gruff side to him. Oh, and yeah. I remember you, Jim. It's a funny story, and I'll tell it now. So Jim Smalley in our old station used to have his desk, and his desk was he could see down the hall. And so we'd always work, but we would have a collegiate like feel in the newsroom. And Jim would be like this. He'd be you could hear his Man in the forest, man in the forest, man in the forest. That means Lauren Harrison was coming down the and so everybody shot up and, and then when he'd leave he go he goes, Mike Michael, come here. What? I know you're probably nervous. Don't worry. His bark is way worse than his bite. <laughs> and he's a gentleman. Lauren Harrison's yeah. a wonderful man, yeah. and his yeah. wife yeah. is lovely, Absolutely. too. Oh, they're great people, but it was just yeah. great. Because oh, yeah. he came in there, he, and, and you need bosses like that. Yes. Just like you need coaches that can kind of be a jerk, you need a guy that has the jerky side, but is also a professional. That's and right. very professional. That was Lauren's yeah. just, uh, shining moment. as a, He was a professional broadcaster. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. He was you, got, you got TV people want to do an interview yeah. with you. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. This was fun. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll have more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Each week we uh, do a thing called Sports Cage Rewind where we take one of our better bits or interviews during the week and rewind it. We know you can check it out in podcast form after every show, but not everybody has, you know, Spotify or Apple. We acknowledge that. So it's a chance for you, like good old days, listen to the radio again. So we call this Sports Cage Rewind. This is our first edition. We'll do two today because we've had a lot of great guests. This is from earlier in the week, uh, Riders defensive back, Nelson Lacombo. I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Ballsy. It's good to hear your voice. Yeah, it's nice to hear your voice too. How's the off season gone for you, training and everything like that? It's been great. It's been good. Um, yeah, it's been nice being back out here with the family and uh, with some friends. And, you know, I got a good uh, training training going on. I'm ready for next year and ready to come back to Saskatoon for training camp. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. You've been working out with your brother or who you been working out with? I've been doing uh, our, our strength and conditioning coordinator, Quinn Spencer, sends us a bunch of really good uh, training. Um, uh-huh. And I'm, I also have a trainer out here that I work with. Um, so I got a little bit of both things going on, and a couple couple times I'll be with my brother just training. Awesome. Well, you had that a terrible start to your career, the Achilles. That's back a hundred. Like that's no issues there. Yeah, no, I, I feel a lot better going into this year than last year because last year was all just rehab and focusing on the Achilles. It's it's about as as good as it was before. Yeah, so talk to me about that. It's not just the physical stuff, Nelson. It's probably a lot of mental stuff too. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a lot of mental um, kind of hurdles that you got to get past, especially during that time when you're not playing and watching your team play. Um, there's a lot that that goes through your head, and um, you know, I, I was I was lucky enough to to have people around my corner to help me help me out throughout that, and even um, even the guys that tore their Achilles alongside with me, Larry Dean, a couple of other players were just. You know, it was nice being out there and, and doing rehab and kind of going through the same thing that they're going through and 
you know, I'm, I'm glad I was able to make a recovery, and, and I'm glad I'm still playing right now. You've always been a pleasant guy to talk to, but you don't sound as nervous when you do interviews now. So that's a, that's a sign of maturity. <laughs> that's a, that's a sign of a mature yeah. maturing athlete too. How much is Larry Dean? Yeah. How much did Larry Dean help you? He's a quiet assassin, uh, but um, you know, he's a guy that uh, what an inspiration. Yeah, Larry. He is he is a great leader. He um, really knows how to command a, a group of guys together, and you know, um, it's, it was a pleasure uh, going through that with him, and you know, even still being uh, on the same team as him. He, he's definitely a guy that you try to emulate, and you know, you watch uh, as you go through these things, and even when you're playing too, you try to soak up as much as you can. Uh, from a veteran guy like that. It's interesting. Uh, he's, he's been great. It's interesting, Nelson LaCombo, that you'd use the word pleasure when rehabbing from a from an Achilles injury, which could end some careers. Uh, you know, maybe yeah. more so back in the day would end careers with modern medicine and surgery. It, it, it's not that way. Uh, what did you learn about yourself through that whole process? I learned um, a lot more men- mentally tough than than I thought. Um, you know, oftentimes with that injury, you can you can lose a lot of confidence, which you know did happen. But you, you gain that back after you recover, and then every day as you get better, you you realize how much more you can do, um, and how much more you've you've gained back from from that. So there's a lot of you know a lot of bad things from that experience, and you know a lot of a lot of learning from that experience as well. Mm-hmm. Nelson Lacombo joining us here. Uh, now a veteran defensive back with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Not veteran in terms of lots of times played, but you're going into more years yeah. of service here now. Um, so, uh, it's an interesting backfield back there now. A couple of changes back yeah. there. No Mike uh, No Mike Edom. Just a comment about Mike, I guess, Edom, Edom, whatever he wants to call himself that day. Just a comment on Mike Edom, because he was a, a good veteran presence back there. Yeah, he, he was definitely a great leader, too. Um He's a funny guy. He, he's great to be around, and uh, I'm glad I was able to, to be on the same team as him. He also played with my brother, too, so I knew a little bit about him um, getting ready to play for the Riders. So yeah, it was definitely nice to be part of that same backfield as him and, and kind of see how how his experience uh, you know, helped me out. In, in terms of my learning. So as uh, as Coach Dickinson or Jason Shivers, the D coordinator, or Jeremy told you where you factor in in terms of uh, the secondary this year, is it at the corner, halfback, safety? Yeah, I, I think coming into camp, um, you know, I, I think I think there'll be a little more emphasis at, as a safety, but mm-hmm. I think with my skill set, I can play anywhere. So I, I, I don't really, um, I can't really tell you exactly where I'll be playing, but I think with my ability, I can play anywhere on the on the defensive back back end. What what about the safety spot might appeal to you? Uh, yeah, a little more freedom to to be out there and and command the the defense and you know put guys in place and and you know I I like blitzing too, so this mm-hmm. is that as well, getting sacks and mm-hmm. um you know just being being back there would be nice. What'd you learn playing? Going from U Sports and being like the defensive player of the year and have an outstanding uh, university career with the Huskies to to finally getting in CFL action. What did you learn? The speed of the game, the the study aspect of the game. Just to fill me in, Nelson, from your perspective. Yeah, definitely the the speed is is a lot faster and, and the physicality is also faster. So, um, 
but I also learned that you know I, I could actually play with, with a bunch of these guys too. So it wasn't it wasn't just uh, a complete um, you know shell shock of you know um, events, but it was it was good to to get my feet wet, sort of speak. Uh, my first year actually being out there on the field, coming off that that injury, uh, but. I'm, I'm glad that I was able to play last year, and I look forward to next year. And I'm, I'm sure you're excited to go back to Saskatoon, your old stomping grounds for training camp. Hey, what do you like about that? It's it, it's like going home. Yeah, it's always great to be out in Saskatoon and, and see a bunch of the old faces. Uh, and, and even being at the dorms, too, uh, it's definitely brings back a lot of memories. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, lastly, Nelson, then I'll let you go, and I appreciate it. We'll be talking all season long, and I'm looking forward to a, a more mature Nelson LaCombo. I'm loving it. Hey, um, you have any goals for your – like, what are your goals personally? Some people say, I just want to win championships. We all want to do that. I get that. Even the play-by-play guy wants to see the team win. But you got to have little goals to get to the big goal. What What are – maybe give me a couple of your goals this year. Yeah, I, um, well, for one – the great cop. I know you say that's cliche, yep. but that's that's the big goal. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what you know. That's what everybody strives for in this in this league. So, the great cup is definitely what I want, and I know a lot of people on our team want. I've been working hard this offseason to, to get stronger and faster. So, um, definitely the great cup. Uh, yeah, I, I got a couple goals that you know I, I try to um, I try to keep to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's just reminders and in, in my phone and. And all that. Do you? That, that's a good point. That's a good. That, that's a good point. Okay, you don't want to reveal them, but do you have? Do you write stuff down for yourself? Like I know my son has sticky, sticky notes on the wall, little sayings to himself. So when he gets up in the morning, he sees, okay, that's my why. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Like little little catchphrases and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I've definitely been doing since since I was in high school. Really, uh, every year I always try to reach those goals, even though. Some of them might be a little, a little um, out of reach. So. Well, that's absolutely. And I, I always have those expectations. Nelson Lacombo, all-star safety, leads the league in interceptions. I've set your goals for you. Now go out and achieve them, Nelson, okay? All right. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Can't wait to see you in training camp in a couple of weeks. It's coming fast. We'll talk to you then, okay? All right. See you later, Bozzy. Time now for your sports ticker. NHL tonight, Carolina at the Islanders. Canes are up three games to two. Dallas visits Minnesota. Dallas has won the last two. Stars are up three games to two. Boston's at Florida after choking away the last game in overtime. Bruins are up three games to two. Colorado on the road at Seattle. Kraken surprisingly up three games to two. WHL third round of the playoffs. Game one of the Eastern Conference final going in Winnipeg. The ice hosting the Saskatoon Blades in about uh, 12, 15 minutes. We'll talk to the voice of the ice. Brian Munns. Seattle's in Toronto in Major League Baseball. Jays coming over or off a three-game sweep of the Chicago White Sox. And the Kings at the Warriors, Grizzlies at the Lakers in the NBA playoffs. Warriors and Lakers are up three games to two. That's your sports ticker. It's one of the teams our whole country rallies around. The chase for the championship is on. Time for today's Blue Jays reports on the Sports Cage. 
Time now for your Blue Jays report. And each Wednesday, we catch up with Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. And this week, we talked about how well the Jays' starting pitching has been performing in the last two weeks. It looks like the team that we projected, doesn't it? Because when you went into the season, you thought, all right, well, Alec Manoa, Kevin Gossman, Chris Bassett, we know what they're going to give you. What are Yusei Kikuchi and Jose Barrios going to give us? Those are the question marks. Then all of a sudden, like, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> you get you get two or three weeks into the season, every starter has pitched six or more shutout. Every starter has allowed six or more runs. And where would the Jekyll, where would the Hyde mm-hmm. finally find a medium here? And certainly the Blue Jays over the last 10 days have pitched from a starting capacity so much better. And that alleviates so much pressure in so many different ways for John Schneider and how he has to think about it and then maneuver his bullpen. You never manage one day in the big leagues for the next day because you have to focus on what's in front of you and try to get that W because they are so, so valuable and it's so hard to win games in the big leagues. Uh, The good news is for the last, I don't know, 10 days, 12 days, the Blue Jays have given John Schneider a much easier resume to work with. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, this show on a Friday brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. All our great guests come to you via the Western Pizza hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. This guy was hot and fast in his CFL career. He's been on the show before. He's back again. Retiring linebacker. Chris Aki, you're you're leaving on your own accord. Tell me why, my friend. Yeah, that's I think that's the best way to do it, especially in the business of football, where uh, sometimes you you have limited control. So that's something I've always wanted to have control. Uh, something I've told myself since the beginning of my career that I will leave this game when I'm ready to, not when someone tells me that I got to leave. So why am I leaving? It's because I just have such a great opportunity outside of football that. I honestly, I'd be stupid if I didn't take it. Um, so I work as a I'm a senior specialist of public affairs for a digital health agency. And then I just do so much here. And they approached me a few months ago about, hey, we want to make you an offer for you to leave football permanently. Now, so I was like, at first, I was like, okay, like, let's see what uh, you come back with. And then so they lived up to They came with a good, great offer and uh, just a great opportunity to keep um, – keep progressing, keep learning and growing within the organization. So just forward thinking, thinking about life after football, it was too good of an opportunity to start the next chapter of my working life. Were you always a guy like that thinking ahead a couple of years? Always, yeah. Every offseason I would um, I would work or I'd be doing classes. So I did, like I was doing like, a, I got a couple of finance designations. I would do random like courses, like business writing courses or um just negotiation courses. Um, some some off seasons I would work just to kind of get my feet wet at different careers and really find out what I what I enjoy the most. So I've always been doing that probably since my second year in the CFL. Any any second guessing at all? Like, or was it just yeah, okay, you gave me the offer, I'm out? Because I mean, let's be honest, you've been wired to be a football player all these years. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, definitely, I second guessed it. I I thought about this for for months, so it wasn't just like, "Hey, who am I going to retire today?" Like one of those, I went through all the emotions of it, just asking myself, "Hey, am I ready to leave?" Like, 
doesn't make sense, kind of going back and forth. And then as much as I love football, I just had to really make the logical decision here. Chris, be like, yeah. yeah. Are you happy with your career? Oh, yeah. I'm happy. They say, what they say, the average football career is, what, two to three seasons. So I've been fortunate to play as long as I have um, eight seasons. So I've been really fortunate with that. So I feel like I accomplished what I need to. Hey, I didn't win a Grey Cup. I lost one. But um, um, just the whole, the whole journey from being a kid playing peewee football at 10 years old to um, just going to the professional ranks so, and all the people I've got to meet over the years. So I feel like although I didn't wasn't able to win a Grey Cup, I still had so much fun and I met so many great people over the years. Who's your best friend in football? Uh, my best friend? I, I couldn't tell you one. I'd say all my... To my all my best friends in my life, I met through football at different at different ages. If that was Pee Wee, if that was high school, university, or the pros, like all my best friends today are through football. So I owe this game so much because the impact it can make outside the game. Outside the game is tremendous. You uh, you're walking away on your own uh, by on your own volition here. Um, uh, do you do it healthy? Do you do it relatively unscathed? You played a physical position. Yeah, honestly, I feel great. Like, I was actually talking, um, I think I was doing an interview yesterday, and then someone was asking, are you injured? I'm like, no, I could easily play another three, four years at a high level. Like, I feel like I train the exact same. I'm going to continue to train the exact same because I just enjoy I enjoy training like that. But, no, I feel, I feel great. How proud are you to have been a Canadian in the Canadian Football League? Oh, that's, I think that's a Canadian football player's dream. Other than uh, NFL, but if you're going to stay in Canada, you want to play in the CFL. I, my entire life, I told myself when I was 10, um, I, when I grew up, I wanted to be a professional football player. I've been a CFL fan um, as far back as I can really remember. I've always been a CFL fan, so it was great to get drafted and just play in the same league. You know, I think the funniest thing for me was playing against guys I used to watch on TV. I remember um, like watching when I was in high school, I'm watching – um, Ryan Phillips play, and I got to be teammates with them one year. So watching Chip Cox, um, uh, John Bowman, guys like that, and then eventually hey, we're teammates. So it's uh, it's been an incredible journey, and I've loved every moment of being in the CFL. Were the names you just mentioned, were they the names that turned you on to the CFL? It's funny because when I ask young kids nowadays, they usually refer to NFL players. Like, and no disrespect to you, but the first thing out of their mouth wouldn't be, oh, I want to grow up. I wanted to grow up to be Chris Ackie. It might be, I wanted to be Brian Urlacher or Luke Keekley or Derwin James or whatever. They look at NFL guys. Who is the CFL oh, yeah. guy that turned you on? Who? Like, who did you look up to? Who did I look up to? Um, just, like, kind of guys I mentioned, like watching John Bowman play, watching um, Enoch Wumba, someone I've had a great relationship with over the years, watching him play, watching Chip Cox. Like, uh, I remember Tyrone Brackenbridge watching him play, like guys who I was just a fan of watching. Obviously, I had my NFL idols as well yeah. that I grew up watching. I wore number 21 because of uh, – but Damian Tomlinson growing up, so that's why I wore 21. That was my guy, too. That was my guy, too. Yeah. I was a big San Diego Chargers fan. Still am, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 For me, he's the best running back. Yeah, I love him, too. Hey, um, 
what advice would you have for a young Canadian football player listening to this, uh, just coming up the amateur ranks, or maybe even some of the draft-eligible guys that are ready to come up here on uh, the May the 2nd draft? Well, I'd say that would be two different things. I'd say for the guys that are approaching their draft date, I feel like for them, enjoy it. Definitely enjoy it. Soak it all in. It's a great moment, even if they don't get drafted. Just to be in the draft conversation is, a, is an incredible accomplishment, so always be proud of yourself. And just know, I was before thinking football doesn't last forever. So, like, I really, what I preach to the young guys is use your off seasons to maybe uh, increase your education, get your feet wet in different work opportunities, use your network as a football player to get get your foot in doors that maybe you wouldn't have been able to if you weren't playing this game. So I realized, like, a lot of people, especially in the corporate, a lot of people love sports, so... Uh, if you can use what you do, use your likeness to open doors for yourself, you definitely should do that. And enjoy while it can. Like, football is a dangerous sport. It doesn't last forever. And there's no um, – you have so many more years to work and live after football. So get to the point where you can identify yourself outside of the game as well. Hey, I want to ask you this. You'd be a great guy to ask this, too. Uh, did you experience or uh... – or uh, find yourself in the middle of uh, American coaching bias. I bring this up because I had Jaden Dahlke, uh came to camp with the Riders last year, a late-round pick out of the U of A, comes on the field, and he said he knew he was trusted by the coaching staff when one when they had an injury in the secondary, and uh, one of the coaches came over to Shivers and said, hey, you can put an American in there, our ratio is good. He goes, yeah, I know, I'm putting Dalkey in. So he knew that he was uh, he was uh, considered uh, uh, a true pro because the coach said, no, no, I don't care about his birth certificate. But I, I've always said there is American coaching bias. That's why the ratio is so important. Yeah, also, yeah, there is an American coaching bias because if you think about it, um, why take a chance on this is going to be their thinking. Why take a chance on this kid from a Canadian university? Why can't take a chance on this, this guy who was in the NFL or this guy who came out of this big NCAA D1 school? Like right away, it's going to be that bias that's based off level of competition. But I'd say Canadians might take a little bit to develop more and get used to the game. The first, like during their rookie season, mm-hmm. first couple seasons, um, but like you just got to keep trusting, tr- trusting us because it's like our. I feel like our ceiling is so much higher because they are coaching isn't the greatest uh, growing up. That we have so much more to learn, and we have our ceiling is really high. And a lot of Canadian coaches, a lot of coaches in the inside in the CFL don't give Canadian people, Canadian players, opportunities. So yeah, I've definitely had that coaching by to save my first couple of years in the CFL to deal with that. I think another th- opportunity. Yeah, I think another challenge in the CFL, uh, Chris, and you're a great guy to talk to about this too. You see a lot of guys, they they just for instance, I'll I'll use uh the kid that led the Huskies to two straight Vanier Cups, they were losses, but the quarterback, Mason Nice, he got offered a chance to come to training camp with his hometown Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He elected, because he's got two degrees, to coach high school football, well, to teach high school, and then to coach the quarterbacks for UBC. Kids with, like, that's where we might see a Canadian talent run. we got to find a way to get people, players, more money at the start, because uh, people with options won't choose football if they have a chance. No, you won't, especially if you think about it, minimum is 70000 um, which is good money to make in six months. But um, you could say you start in the, the corporate world, you might be making 60000 somewhere, mm-hmm. right? So it's like you're only 10000 off, and then 
the way you can progress so much in the corporate world and the, in football, you might be limited based off your play time. Because I feel like for Canadian, I think in the draft is Canadian draft, NFL draft is so different. NFL draft, you're drafting these guys to come in and play, right? First round guys, second round guys, third round guys, these guys are coming in to have a spot and play. In the CFL, no matter what round you're in, unless you're an old lineman, you're being drafted to play special teams. And then maybe, hopefully, you can turn to something we can put on defense or offense. Yeah, it's a good point. And lastly, Chris Ackie, how do you want to be remembered, your career in football? I just want to be remembered just the impact I made on and off the field. Like, I really preach about the impact I made off the field within my community. Um, just I, since retiring, I've been getting a lot of messages about from uh, people just thanking me for the impact off the field. So that's something I really, I'm really thankful for. Man, I appreciate your time. I appreciate watching you the last eight years. Good luck in your uh, post-football life. Sounds like it's going to be a great one. Oh, definitely will. Thank you. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. All right, uh, coming up, I want an apology from Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans. I'd like an apology. Uh, first, we'll tell you the show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Uh, you could text us, Capital Auto Group, sponsoring our text line, powered by them, 936-6262, and all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline and uh, talk to the outstanding voice of an outstanding hockey team. That'd be Brian Munns of the Winnipeg Ice. Hi, Munzy. How are you, bud? Ballsy, how are you? I need an update. What's this apology all about? Okay, so uh, I'll give it here. So check this out. About two months ago, the Bombers were signing everybody, okay? Like, for instance, Kenny Lawler. Now, I know this doesn't... This doesn't exactly apply to what I'm going to tell you, but Kenny Lawler signed a deal for, and he even admitted, less money to go to Winnipeg. And I said, something smells that people would go in the CFL, which stands for cash flow low, to Winnipeg just because they like the atmosphere. Oh, people say, well, they are in the playoffs all the time so they can get those playoff bonuses. True, but that's not guaranteed. Then people on on Twitter, the sewer pipe at Twitter, were saying that I was uh, suggesting that bombers are cheaters and they were calling the office on me and all this stuff. <laughs> Brian. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers exceeded the salary cap by almost $65,000. They were the most egregious team. Toronto was number two. Those two teams met in the Grey Cup. So I would like an apology from Blue Bomber fans. I don't think I'm going to get one, but I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. It's good to know that you and I have known each other since 1994. Mm-hmm. Was it 94? Yep. Probably. Yep. And you haven't changed, eh? No, I have not changed. I have not, and and neither, and neither have you. And we both like the Riders, even though even though you're in Winnipeg, we both love the Riders. Hey, the Winnipeg Ice are where we thought they'd be. Honestly, after the first two games of the Red Deer series, check that first three games of the Red Deer series, you had to think Saskatoon wasn't going to be the opponents. Well, I didn't know if they would be the opponent in the Regina series. Yeah, true based on the way that best-of-seven series opened up, and that's no slight to Saskatoon because they've silenced the critics on everybody that they've played so far through the 14 games they've been involved in the postseason right now. So full credit to them, full credit to their entire team, 
and to be able to face elimination not once but twice in Game 7 and to pull them off as convincingly as they did in both games. I didn't watch the Regina game as close, but I watched Game 7 of Red Deer, and that was no contest. Like, Saskatoon played extremely well, and obviously preparing for this uh, series here tonight, this week, I've watched a lot of Blades hockey, and, and they're playing well right now. So we're in for a fantastic Eastern Conference championship. Yeah, it's outstanding. Uh, and uh, the best four teams are the final four teams, and that you don't see that a lot. No, you don't, but I guess it's kind of right. Yeah, it like is. If you want to look at the way the regular season played out, and Winnipeg was the best team during the regular season schedule. They had the most wins. They had the most points, so they should be the host team, hopefully going into the next round as well. But like we saw in the Moose Jaw series between the Ice and the Warriors, when you get to this time of the year, anything can happen. And whether it's goaltending, whether it's the other team's elite, whether it's a weird bounce on the end wall, you never know. And I guess that's why they say you play the game. So I think it's going to be a tremendous series here between the Ice and the Blades. And both teams right now deserve to be where they are here in the Final Four. Did you learn anything more than you already knew about uh, your team, the Winnipeg Ice, with that six-game victory over the Moose Jaw Warriors? Like, was it nice to see them get through a little adversity? I think it always is. And I don't know if I'd call it adversity, Ballsy. I would say they played a really good hockey club. Like, you look at what Mark O'Leary, and, and I guess let's go to the top, what Jason Ripplinger has built for Mark O'Leary to work with right there, that's a really good team. They could have easily won the Eastern Conference themselves, and it wouldn't have surprised me. It would have upset me because obviously <laughs> I want one effect to win. Yeah. But, like, they're deep, and it starts right in net from what Connor Unger was able to do when he was involved in the series and throughout the playoffs. If those four guys wouldn't have missed some hockey, they would have been right up there maybe past Saskatoon in the regular season standings. So uh, the way Saskatoon's regular season was, or pardon me, the way Moose Jaw's regular season was, um, I got another call coming in. I just had yeah. to make sure it wasn't somebody really important. Um, <laughs> the Warriors, the Warriors, uh, you know, we're good. Braden Yeager is going to be a first-round draft pick coming up this summer. Uh, you look at what Jagger Furcus was able to do in the series. Ryder Korzak coming back as a 20-year-old. Denton Matejchuk, I mentioned Unger and Net. They've got a really good team. And uh, I guess at the end of the day, you'd say the better team won in Winnipeg because they were able to get it done in six. But Warrior fans should be very happy with the season they had. Had Billy Wilms on, longtime broadcaster out west here uh, on the show yesterday. And he pointed out a great stat of these four teams left. I think only Saskatoon has lost uh, at all when, when leading after... Um, 40 minutes of play. So that would be a key to have a lead going into the third period. Well, there you go. There's uh, I'm going to steal that from you for the rock. Yeah, no, s- serious. It's 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 like <laughs> it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like Winnipeg, I think Saskatoon's the only team with a loss. It, it is it is unbelievable. Uh, and how much do you think, you know, you guys have a smaller rink there, but it's going to be jam-packed. How much of an advantage do you think that'll be for your hockey club? Oh, it's fantastic because the furthest people are away is 10 rows from the ice, right? Mm-hmm. So you're right on top of it here. Our broadcast vantage point, like it's like the Camille the Art Hauser Center in PA. I was going to call it the Commutaplex back to my Raider days. <laughs> but, like, literally, you're right on top of the benches. I measured it one day, and I think we're 13 feet off the ice. So you can't get any closer to the action here right now. And, yeah, you know, you'd love to have eight or 10 or 15,000 people in, like when you're watching Stanley Cup playoff hockey. But, uh, this thing is so intimate, and, and Winnipeg's played extremely well in this building right now that they're happy to have home ice in this round, and 
if they can get to the league final, they'd have it as well against either uh, Seattle or Kansas. Uh, I, I firmly believe it's Seattle and Winnipeg series to lose, respectively. But what do the Ice have to do to ensure they will be playing in the uh, league championship? As boring as it sounds, Ballsy, they just have to play their game. Like, the depth they have right now through their top four lines, and James Patrick has split up Matt Savoy, Zach Ostop, Chuck Connor, Geeky, two first-round NHL draft picks and a two-time gold medalist at the World Juniors right there, and that's their top three centers. They've kind of been, early on, they were together in their top six, and now they've kind of put them right down the middle, and that, to me, was kind of the difference in the Moose Jaw series where the Warriors depth wasn't able to keep up with Winnipeg's up front. Connor Geeky scored five goals in the last two games. Uh, I think if, if they're able to get the line matches they want here throughout this postseason series against Saskatoon, that would be a key for uh, the Winnipeg Ice. Well, uh, Munzi, uh, have a great call. We got two great teams and two great broadcasters. Brian Munz and Les Lazaruk, the Winnipeg guy coming home to call uh, his first uh, East final since he was in the broadcast booth in 1994. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Hey, you're going to have to talk to Les real quick. Uh, the Blades have put billboards of him up here in I, Winnipeg. I saw that on Pemina. That's hey? co- that's cool. Oh, he is like a kid in the Well, they got to do that right for now. you. They got to do that for you going back to Toontown. Yeah, I only lived there for like a year when I went to Western Academy of Broadcasting. But, uh, yeah, you know what? That's okay. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Thanks, Muzzy. Take care, buddy. See you, Baldy. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah, and I expect an apology from Blue Bomber fans. I expect an apology. Look at this guy in Regina. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We're going to call the league office, spreading all these conspiracy theories. The Bombers were $64,499 over, over the salary cap. What would you call that? I think it starts with the C. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out. Time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. Welcome to press coverage for our friends at Quality Tire with uh, nine locations in Saskatchewan. Check them out at qualitytire.ca. Here with the uh, Color analyst on uh, the TSN network, that would be Glenn Suter. And, of course, Ryder Plaza Bonner inductee and Football Hall of Fame broadcaster. Welcome, uh, Glenn. We have BC weather here. Beautiful day. I can walk downtown in my shorts if I wanted to. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to gross people out, but I could. So you can't rub in the, you can't rub in the weather to me today. So there you go. No, no. And I, and I, and I try not to do that. I really don't. But, but clearly spring has arrived, and... You know, uh, interesting. I, it, a couple of big uh, sort of topics, uh, Michael, that jumped out at me, like CBS signing a, a television deal, and you know, it's it's a third of the a third of the games. Um, I'm not sure of the details myself just yet. I know I'll be informed of that very soon. Holiday games, including the Labor Day Classic, for sure. The season yeah. opening games. So there will be 34. What's interesting about that? 
Uh, more money than the ESPN uh, deal gave them. In fact, I think the ESPN deal was maybe 200 tops for the entire league, 200,000. This is a million dollars, well below what TSN pays. Um, but still, $1 million, 100000 to each team. And they're going to do, apparently, a better job of promoting it, which uh, will help Americans find it. Yeah, and I, I you know, it's it's just a real good, uh, you know, sort of progressive start to to building that TV contract. And now there's going to be some very interesting comparisons to be made. I mean, you look at the average numbers for XFL and USFL games, and you can start to see sort of between two hundred thousand and three or four hundred thousand in the United States. Uh, which it, that's not a lot of viewers when you have a country with over 300 million people. So, you know, you you can now look at those numbers and compare them to Labor Day and see how many people in the United States are watching Canadian football and really have a solid number to to kind of match up. And if the if the network like CBS sees, you know what, this is this is outrating, let's just say in a positive light that the CFL outrates uh, an XFL game or USFL game, and they say, you know, it's outrating that. And, you know, maybe we should pump up this deal a little bit more and see if we can't average over a million viewers or get to two million viewers. So hmm. I, I think it's a real positive step. You know, I uh, I have always said TSN deserves a lot of credit for stepping up with the big contract they've given the uh, CFL. It, it, it kept the league alive in a lot of ways and added to the uh, cash flow. And uh, probably, uh, you know, big part of the league surviving, especially through a pandemic. So um, you can't be totally beating on TSN. But that, but on the other side, Glenn, and you can comment or not, uh, you're an announcer not making the decisions. I just don't understand how a, a network that spends that much money on this decides to reduce their preseason schedule by two games. I know it probably comes into cost and you got to, you know, it's not my money, but that's always been a head scratcher for me. If I can put it politely. Yeah. You know, the guys in the trenches and I, and I'm one of them that would love to do all the games. We'd love to do an expanded draft show. We do a little, we we do a very good draft show that, really concentrates on the players uh, that are being drafted. I, I'd like to expand that. You know, I, I think the people in the, the trenches would love to see a weekly CFL update show like That's Hockey, but it's it, with football and with Canadian football. I mean, there's there's lots of great ideas out there. And as you know, it comes down to the economics. It comes down to, you know, viewership, things like that. I, I, I think we could build, uh, you know, big audiences, comparatively speaking, if you compare sort of that's hockey with a weekly football show. So the guys in the trenches, Michael, we, we all sit around after games and before games and on the way. And Chris Cuthbert and I used to do it. And now Rod Smith and I do it or, um, you know, or Dustin and I do it on the way to the park. And we talk about all these great ideas and, and we bring them to management. And it's not that management is not listening or things like that. It's just there, there is a much more complicated spectrum that goes on there and i'm not trying to talk down to people because you know i'm not saying you wouldn't understand i'm saying i don't know what goes on behind those closed doors so um you know i i think all of that has to slot in there's other programming that is going to be in conflict that they have deals with like you know uh racing car racing base or well not baseball schedules because that's a sportsnet thing but um you know we have a lot of other other programming so i i 
I don't know. I, I can't comment on um, the decision to cut. I'm not sure why I haven't got that memo yet or that, that information. Um, I would love to do all the games. I would love us for to increase our coverage in a lot of ways, and all the guys in the trenches would say the same. Thing. Uh, this is, and this is nothing to do with you. So uh, anybody listening to this, take Glenn Suter like you're on the air, but just take with me here now. Just take you off to the side. Uh, and this isn't meant towards you, but I just I'm I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of the well. Nobody's watching. There's no ratings. Nobody's going to pay attention because there's no quarterbacks in the Canadian draft. BS. Absolute, total, and complete garbage. You've got to start somewhere. And I go back to 1983, Elway to Marino. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you've never seen it, if you've never seen it, go check out. It's on YouTube. Maybe you have it on a streaming service, a 30 for 30. And look at the footage from that draft in 1983. They're all sitting at tables with their little cardboard plaques, New England Patriots, Denver Broncos. The, the commissioner's up at a podium with uh, in a hotel room like a Queensberry Center, and that's where their draft for, uh, was. Now watch it last night. Look at the production. They move it around. You have to start somewhere. So I don't want to keep, I don't want to hear this. We got to listen. Why isn't the CFL bigger? Nobody cares about the CFL. Because if you don't make it a big deal, people aren't going to think it's a big deal. And that's why here at CKRM, we are doing a draft show. And we're actually going to be doing it live down at Mosaic Stadium. They've got an exclusive event for season ticket holders. And we will be a part of it there on site. Glenn Suter will be on the phone with us. We are going to be doing it because that's how you do it. Unless you make it a big deal, it won't be a big deal deal. So, uh, and, and this isn't meant towards you, Glenn, but it's time for excuses to end, and it's time to take the bull by the horns and make things uh, try it, like Dolman is doing. Dolman is doing it. He's not He's not screwing around here. He is doing it. He's putting his own money in. He's putting an effort in, and that's what you need to do. No more excuses. When we come back, I want to get into perception and reality, too, because there's something I want to talk about as it relates to the Stampeders. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. I want to get to a story that I saw about the Calgary Stampeders and their season ticket holders, but Glenn, you wanted to uh, just to chime in a little bit uh, to wrap up kind of what I was uh, ranting about there on my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I, I agree with you off the top when you said that, you know, really no business or, or, or really just, you know, entity has, has helped and done more for Canadian football than TSN has in the, in the big picture, and I know you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do want to mention though, and I don't like, I, cause I'm not comparing the XFL to the CFL. As I, as we've talked about before, there are two true pro leagues in the world. I know there's a lot of great athletes that are, are pro, uh, at the pro level in the XFL, but there are two pro leagues in the world in football, CFL and, and the NFL. And, you know, people, you mentioned ratings and, and people talk about that the, the NFL and the Super Bowl are just untouchable. And that's true. And yet, in Canada, we oftentimes outrate the NFL in Canadian football. Here, because because you, you were talking about messaging, and you were bang on about messaging. You know, for so many years, the messaging is always that we've got to fix something, we've got to change something, we've got to become more American, we've got to, you know, 
change ratios. We got to do all these things to to improve on something that you know you would hear uh, an article or something on Twitter throughout the football season where it says ratings is down by three percent. Well, what that doesn't say that article is the rating was seven hundred and fifty thousand in a in a country that has just over 30 million people, that is a great rating. In fact, that outrates most of what we do at TSN, pretty much everything. And most of the time when there's overlapping schedules between the NFL, forget XFL and CFL, in in the NFL, when we overlap, Canadian football does, we often beat the NFL games in ratings. Well, so, What's what's what is so weird is that somehow we keep hearing the messaging that people wouldn't watch, as you mentioned. No one's going to watch that. No one's going to do that. And yet our ratings are fantastic. People are watching and people do care. So let's start messaging correctly. Well, and here's one. Okay, three down nation, and I respect the work they do. We have the great John Hodge on here regularly. I think he does an outstanding job. Uh, this yep. comes from one of their writers. Calgary Stampeders season ticket base down over 30% since 2015. Now, it does go on to mention back then it was more prosperous with oil at $110 a barrel and everything like that. But Calgary's Calgary season, and hey, you can't ignore that things are going down. And as a business side, you got to kind of look at it a little bit, okay? But that's in, that's true for all professional sports, not just the CFL. Right now, they're just shy of fifteen thousand confirmed season ticket holders for the upcoming year in Calgary. Okay, I would, I don't know exactly, but I would venture to guess the Calgary Flames don't have that many, or they wouldn't be any more than that. The Edmonton Oilers wouldn't be any more than that. So it's all how you. Spin it like, um, you know. I I don't know. I I think mm-hmm. this league has never been better in terms of um, just in terms of everything. Our stadiums, for the most part, are great, except for Calgary and Montreal. Our ownership groups now seem to be on pretty solid footing. We'll see what happens in Montreal, but things look good there. Uh, I kind of like some of the things Edmonton's doing, and in fact, I actually got talked into it by Luke Molitor and Morley Scott. I don't mind that one deal. One deal thing where they mm. sign the uh, sign their names in, a, in in the logo one time. It's not gimmicky. It's one thing to create interest and hype and and some sort of uh, you know memorabilia. So I think we do need to do a better job of message, messaging positively without putting our head in the sand too about some things that need to be improved. Yeah, sure. And and you do have to talk about things that negatively impact the league. There's no question, or else you're you're not being a responsible journalist. But how many times heading into an NHL season do we hear or see on Twitter or, or articles written about the sometimes less than 7,000 fans going to Ottawa Senators games? How many times heading into an NHL season do we see articles that talk about the Edmonton Oilers with the best player in the world not selling out? Two best in, players. In what? Two best players yeah, in the world. It, yeah, in, an, in what is it, an 18,000-seat arena? What about the Canucks that haven't sold out for years? What about uh, the NHL playing in a university gym down in wherever, wherever that is down yeah, south? Arizona, yeah. You know, you know we don't, this, is, this is my point in messaging. For some reason, for years and years, and, we, and I've battled this for so many years, that 
we're we're deliberately making these gloom and doom predictions. We are trying to fix something that is absolutely not broken through our articles and discussions on Twitter and things. And we're emphasizing, you know, things that need to be, uh, you know, worked on as far as business models and things like that, but that are no different, as you just mentioned, than any other challenge for anything. You know, the, the Nashville, the, the NFL team in Nashville does not sell out. There's teams in the National Football League that do not sell out. This is not, you know, it, it, all, I'm, all I've ever said is if you're writing an article about the Canadian Football League and you're making a gloom and doom prediction, where is the expertise coming from? Mm-hmm. Where, where, where are you deciding that this is going to end in disaster for the Calgary Stampeders? No, their season ticket base is down. So is the Calgary Flames. They've got to work on that without question. But that article never hits the light of day if it was about the Flames. What they're talking about when it's the Flames is their players, their draft picks, and their prospects for winning this season. That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about heading into a season. That's all, all I'm saying. Okay, and lastly, you kind of, I'm not going to lie to you, behind the scenes, I was like, ooh, this uh, touchdown Atlantic, second game in a row, Riders and Argos, not sold out yet. Now, I know there's only 250 tickets left, but that's kind of, Glenn, should we be worried about this? And you kind of quickly uh, spun it in a positive way, so thank you, oh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, for bringing me back. Uh, but but just to explain to our listeners here in the two minutes we got left, uh, you know, you know, why maybe it's not sold out yet. Yeah, you know, first of all, you know, when it's a one-off event where you think uh, that it might be the only time it comes to your city, kind of like a Grey Cup or, you know, a a race car event where it's going to come once and then you won't see it again for 10 years, that creates a different sort of sense of urgency for ticket buying. And when when the league, and this is not a a bad thing really, but when the league uh, basically announced that it looks like we're going to go back to Halifax at least once a year and then probably – grow those uh, one-off games and neutral site games to Quebec City, possibly Vancouver Island, you know, and and do some different cities, but keep Halifax in the mix. Now it takes away a little bit of the urgency. So that takes away the pace of those ticket sales. People can say, you know, I'm going to wait until maybe next year because they'll be back next year now. But last year they didn't know that. Last year they thought this might be the only time we get a chance to actually go see a game and it's sold out in a couple of hours. So the fans are there. And also, you know, when you don't have your own horse in the race, it it can often be that, okay, this sounds like a good event, one I'll want to have fun with around. Maybe I don't go to it and I watch it on TV in a bar, and then I head down to the docks uh, down there in Halifax and party it up with all the CFL fans. Like, that, that could be the choice for people, too. And I think about the NFL experiment in Toronto, when I think about that, they gave away thousands of tickets to that Toronto uh, Buffalo Bills series. Yep, and and they could they weren't even remotely close to selling that out. And everyone said then, well, that's just because Toronto doesn't have its own team in the game. And I thought, well, okay, you you found an excuse for that one. But now you're saying that this one is because people don't like football in, in Eastern Canada. That's just, it's just crazy. It's not true. It's not right. That game will be sold out, I guarantee you. Glenn, it's been fun. We'll talk on the weekend here. You and I will chat. Get ready for our draft show. Thanks for your time, man. Sounds good, Michael. Take care. That's Glenn Suter, press coverage for Quality Tire. Hey, we got uh, news. 
Sports ticker, chase the ace, coming up here, and the CFL report, too. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker presentation of Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. Jays are taking on Seattle tonight, about to open up a series there in Toronto. We've got NHL playoff action for you. Carolina is at the Islanders. Carolina up three games to two. Uh, Elsewhere, it's Florida entertaining Boston. Boston up three games to two. Um, It's going to be Colorado home or at Seattle, pardon me, Seattle's up three games to two, can finish off the defending champion Avs. And it's Minnesota entertaining Dallas. Dallas is up three games to two. NBA, Golden State home to Sacramento, up three games to two. And the Lakers are home to the Grizzlies. LA's up three games to two. And the WHL Eastern Conference final gets going tonight. It's the Saskatoon Blades at the Winnipeg Ice. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. The CFL Report's brought to you by our friends at Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boater pontoon from Kevin's Marine in Fort Coppell. Check them out at kevinsmarine.com. Well, our CFL draft coverage is May the 2nd at 6 o'clock, right after the sports cage, the first radio station in the country to cover the draft on the airwaves from the first pick till the end of the draft. And we're happy to do so. Not only the voice of the Rough Riders, but let's be honest, the voice of the CFL. Eddie Steele, former Manitoba Bison, Grey Cup champ, former Rough Rider, as a matter of fact, is a member of our broadcast team. He talks about his draft night experience. Yeah, I was a plug stick loser, ballsy. So I had all this hype, man. I was told I was going to be a first rounder. Um, actually, Edmonton called me up. Ed Hervey called me up the Thursday before the draft that happened on the Sunday. Said, if you're there at seven overall, we're going to pick you. We're going to pick you. I had a lot of hype. Uh, my stock really rose. I started the CIS season that year um, as the 17th ranked prospect. And then mid-season, I was the 12th-ranked prospect. Then coming out of the uh, combine, I was the ninth-ranked prospect. So I was continuously going up the board. So with all that hype, um, <laughs> I had a couple of – Global was there, CTV was there at my house, had a big draft party, a couple news stations, uh, probably 150 friends and family. Really, was it was early on when the draft, the first two rounds, were just beginning to be shown on uh, mm-hmm. TSN. So I was expecting to see my name called uh, in the first two rounds going across the TSN screen, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, lo and behold, uh, I didn't get picked in the first two rounds. Uh, I was pretty pretty crushed. Hamilton called me up in the third round at 22nd. Uh, I actually didn't handle the um, handle that adversity as good as I should have. I was kind of pouty. I was kind of selfish, acting like a baby because I didn't get picked when I wanted to get picked. Uh, but it was the biggest blessing because Hamilton called me up uh, they drafted me 22nd overall, and uh, I always tell people, it's not where in the draft you get drafted, it's what team. Because I could have gotten drafted to Edmonton that year, and it would not have been a fit. And I probably wouldn't have been in the league as long as I was, but Hamilton was a fit. I was able to learn and grow under some really good pros, and uh, my career was really able to flourish because of that. So it was pretty pretty sloppy the way I handled myself, but it all worked out. And that's your Friday CFL report. It's time to step into the radio octagon. 
You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Time now for our Chase the Ace, and we're joined by our good friend Kent. How are you today, bud? I'm doing great. Awesome. Now, you're telling me that the turf's getting groomed over there. Yeah, turf's getting groomed, getting ready for the season. Finally took the logos, the Grey Cup logos off? Logos are off. No more uh, CFL or, I guess I'd say, blue and blue. <sighs> the two cheaters, too, because they both got they both got ding being over the salary cap. Eh? Yeah, I'll get into that a little later on. Bomber fans are mad at me. They're like... They're like uh, they're like uh, ballsy. You're gonna, I'm going to call the league office on you because you're calling us cheaters. And then look what happens. The report backs me up. Uh, okay, so I'll tell you what. This is the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation uh, Chase the Ace Lottery presented by Viterra. If you're new to it, you buy tickets at Riderville.com. Uh, if you're lucky enough to uh, get your name picked, uh, you'll win the weekly prize. And then if you pick the Ace of Spades, which is the Braden Lenius card, and I'm wearing the Lenius jersey if you're watching online here, um, you will have a chance, or you would win the grand prize for the whole pot, which is over 11000 almost $12,000. So, And we should point out, Kent, that this is computer-generated. Yep. You just hit the button, and the computer picks the name. Yeah, random number-generated. It's all electronic. Okay, and so you can uh, once this once this is done, you could start buying tickets again at five o'clock, right? Yeah, you're okay. ready for next week. Okay, so let's go here. Let's roll this thing and see uh, what we got here. Um, and uh, you can punch it up there for me, Kent. Yep, let yep. me see here. The random generator. All right, we got a winner. Okay, I'll write his name down here. For sure, you. sure. <laughs> the mystery. Looks familiar to okay, me. Okay, okay. Ross Stillborn. Ross Stillborn. We will call Ross uh, and see what uh, we could do there. So uh, just talk a little bit about the, the foundation. Uh, the money is not just used for football. It's used for a bunch of other things, too. Yeah, the foundation has a lot of great programs. Uh, in particular, one of the newest ones is the mental wellness program. And, again, I think we can all appreciate how important mm-hmm. mental wellness is in this province and for all of us. And so that's one of the newest programs in addition to, you know, one that we've probably heard of in the past, Rider Reading Month. And yeah. A lot around youth and, yeah. and, and health. And, and so that's really one of the key things is right now, mental wellness i know the football uh side of things the guys are pumped trevor harris was in town yesterday we'll hear from him right away on the other side of the break uh, as he was in town for the rams dinner how about on the business side and the foundations i got to be pumped for a new season get to wipe the slate clean yeah no for sure it's it's that time of year where you know we're mere weeks away from training yeah. camp kicking off followed by the season obviously home openers ticket sales are out there and so looking to pack the house and uh kick it off the right way yeah and uh it's uh Nice weather too, so it gets us feeling pretty good about the about the season. Spring is finally sprung. Spring is sprung. <laughs> the grass is riz. I wonder where my football cleats is. Okay, let's go to the phones and say hi to our friend Ross. How are you, Ross? Yeah, good. Good man, you're back again, Ross, the winning machine. Okay, so you know how this works. Pick a number between one and fifty-two. I'll let you know if uh, you have to pick again because we do have some numbers off the board. So we should mention you've already won eight hundred and sixty dollars. You're under no obligation to give it to your favorite radio announcer or me. Um, and then uh, our grand prize today, if you pick the Ace of Spades, is $11,276. Ross, what number do you want? Uh, I'll go with 25. 
25 is not picked, so let's go with 25. Ryan Mashork will grab the envelope, hand it over to Kent. So Ryan shows it to the camera. Now, can you rip it open in front of our microphone there so sure. we can get the audio there? Yeah, yeah let's see if I can Lo- do this. Love the audio. We've cut back on our audio budget here, so... There we go. All right, you ready? Yeah, there we go. We're looking for the ace of spades for Ross. He's the got the Midas touch. Here we and come. the card is, ooh, the queen. It's a clubs, queen of clubs, or clubs and queen, or whatever. It's not the ace of spades, but Ross, congratulations. $860 going into your jeans, and I know you'll buy again, and I know you'll know when to buy again. So congratulations, my friend. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Ross wins again. So, uh, once again, they can uh, buy starting at 5 o'clock. And, uh, all, and they can just go right to Riderville.com. And you got all the things there, not just about the, the lottery, too. Yeah, we got the lottery under the foundation. If you haven't already, you got punchline comedy going on. Yeah, I'm going, to that, I'm, I'm going to that tomorrow night here. Yeah, yeah it'll be so fun. It'll be exciting. And yeah. then, you know, lottery will fire up again here coming up. And, um, put a little plug in there for the club. If you haven't got it already, home opener tickets are on sale. Yeah, and 50-50s during the games, too. That's yes. always a popular one. Thanks for your time, Kent. I appreciate it. On the other side, we'll hear from Riders quarterback, Trevor Harris, who's in town. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. It off the glass. He'll feed it around to Brendan Dillon. Here's to the line where Mark Stone cut it off. Stone's got it in his state. Down there it's going. Stevenson. Petrangelo has a look around. He'll hand it off Michael and Brent Stevenson scores. And Chandler Stevenson, the former Regina Pat and a friend of this show, tallied twice, as you heard, in the Vegas Golden Knights. Eliminate the Winnipeg Jets from the playoffs as they win last night 4-1, to winning that series in five games. Chandler Stevenson, our clutch performer. And it's brought to you by Nick's Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077. All right, yeah, so uh, the Jets are the first team bounced from the playoffs, and uh, their coach, Rick Bonus, was not too happy. Check this out. Overall thoughts, I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we, so as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top end players? We've talked all we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. You got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. All right, here with Riders quarterback. Trevor Harris, who was in town, he was last night at the Regina Rams Sportsman's Dinner. I was there watching it. You did a great job. Uh, does it feel like you're getting into the community spirit now here, Trevor? Yeah, yeah. I just kind of got in less than 24 hours ago, but I uh, had a lot of fun, you know, meeting some of my new teammates and uh, being a part of the, the Rams Dinner and uh, got to hang out with Mitch and uh, Jorgen and, and some of the guys, and so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so... Uh, has it hit you yet what a big deal it is to be the quarterback of uh, Canada's team, so to speak? 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of set in over the last, you know, couple months thinking about, you know, the season. But at the same time, like, I invite the expectations and you want the expectations. And um, if, you know, you don't, but no matter what, your expectations and your, you know, what you think is going to happen is always going to be higher than what other people think. And uh, if it doesn't meet theirs, then, then uh, you know, you, it's just one of those things where you got to understand that you're going to hear the noise. You're going to hear all these things. I've just never been a person that it just doesn't bother me. So you welcome pressure. Of course. Uh, but I also never, uh, when I was raised and never really was taught to feel pressure, I was always taught to apply it. And so that's what I plan on our team doing this year is, we're just going to be applying pressure every single week and make sure we're focusing on each other and ourselves and better in the relationships and uh, making sure this locker room's strong. And from there, I think that uh, all the other things will fall into place. Hey, you were at uh, a Christian conference, you said, last night at the dinner in January with your buddy Jake Winicky, and uh, he said, we're going to Saskatchewan in January. And you said you looked at him like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Jake uh, was speaking into existence. He just felt that uh, that was what was going to happen and uh sure enough here we are and so it was uh just one of those things where i kind of looked at him i was like jake i think you're you're going crazy right now man but uh he just kind of laughed and loved it loved it and was just chatting about going to sask always and uh here we are we've talked about it on the radio here in my program how you're in the upper echelon of quarterbacks in the cfl right now jake winicky's been good he had a bit of a down year last year i think that's a real nice bargain signing for the riders i'm looking for him to bust loose why do you agree with me when i say that uh jake was i think jake was not put in positions to make plays last year that's the thing is uh, people would say, like, oh, he wasn't in the end zone, but he really wasn't running too many routes. He, he was in protection a lot. We asked him to do a lot of protection, and uh, that's the thing about Jake Winicky is whatever you ask him to do, he's going to do it, and he's going to do it without complaining and no grumbling. And um, He's just very, very upbeat, a great person for the locker room, uh, but I will say he's one of the best uh, route runners I've ever been around, and so uh, I'm just more than, more than elated to have him be part of this team this year, and I think he's going to – I think he's a guy that it's not even really going to be a bounce back year because I think once uh, we involved him in the offense last year, you started seeing him catching footballs and get in the end zone. And I think that you're going to see that on the regular this year. You got the gray beard too, Darrell Walker. I say that jokingly, but he's a guy that uh, had 800 and almost 900 yards receiving last year with kind of a Rolodex at quarterback in Edmonton. He's eager to prove he's got some gas left in the tank too. And you got a chemistry with that guy. Yeah, and uh, I think as you watched Darrell uh, last year as the season uh, wore on after Kenny Lawler got hurt, they asked him to step his game up and be more part of the offense, and uh, I think that you saw him produce. And so I think it's just a matter of you know him being asked to do what he's, his strengths are, and I think that um, we'll have an offense that will, will cater to the strengths of all our receivers. And so I think you're going to see uh, not – I don't want to even say the old D-walk, but I think the D-walk that has always been in there is just a matter of – you know, extracting and pulling out what exactly he is capable of. Uh, Trevor Harris joining us here for a couple more minutes. He's very busy getting ready for training camp. Hey, so um, Dan Marino said this once, you can't teach accuracy. You either have it or you don't have it. Number one, do you agree with that? And you seem to. You've got, you're the most accurate passer in CFL history at almost 71%. Did you always have that accuracy? Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, I just, I've always just, like, thrown the football, and, like, I just feel like there's a spot where the ball is supposed to go, and I feel like I just try and just do that to the best of my ability, but uh, I've been very fortunate through the years to play uh, with that 
Okay. Um, I've been really fortunate to be play with, you know, tremendous receivers and have great coaches and, um, you know, through the years. And so, you know, they've been made it easy. So having guys like, like Jake Wenicke and Eugene and, uh, Greg Ellingson and, um, and Brad Sinopoli and Deontay. So like guys that I've played with and the coaches that I've had have made it easy. And, um, I think that this year we've got a tremendous bunch. And I think that, you know, we could see, uh, the best season that, um, any of us, that all of us have had. And so I think that, uh, this year is going to be quite an epic one. And we're, Super fired up to get this thing rolling. Last question. I I know you got to go. You got you got another boy on the way with you and your lovely wife. So you'll be taking a little bit of a a hiatus at the training camp. Not not Tom Brady. Like you're doing it for a good reason. Yeah, yeah. It's uh you know obviously um, you know an important important deal to be there for your kid. And there's really nothing um, more important in life and family and, and Christ. And so you know the fact that I get the ability to go be there for the birth of my kid with my wife is uh, something that I didn't want to miss as long as it wasn't, uh, you know, in the absence of something, you know, that we really, really needed to have. And um, so we were able to work it out in the schedule where I'm not going to miss very much at all. And so uh, we're, we're pretty excited about it, that uh, it kind of worked out the way it did. And my, uh, my wife will be coming up for the rest of the season right after the uh, baby's born shortly after I should say. And, um, yeah, just just really fired up the way that it's worked out, and uh, we know God's at the center and Christ is at the center of it all. So, Trevor, uh, she's going to have the most important delivery in the Harris household, and you're going to hopefully deliver a Great Cup championship to Ryder Nation. Two great deliveries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the plan. And uh, but to be honest, we're not focused on you know November 21st. It's about building the you know correct relationships in the locker room and everybody understanding what it's supposed to look, act, and feel like in this organization and building a great culture of guys that really love one another and building that real team, good team or camaraderie. And I feel like uh, we've got the locker room to do it and we've got the leadership to do it. And so it's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, that's the plan though, is to make sure this uh, fan base is proud of this team um, as they watch us in training camp, opening game, Labor Day, uh, the Banjo Bowl, and, and most importantly on that third Sunday in November. I'm impressed already. So uh, have yourself a good uh, rest of the weekend. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Michael. All right, so that's Trevor Harris. Thanks to him for joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline Show. is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Four teams have been fined by the CFL for exceeding the salary cap last year. The Argos, the Red Blacks, the Alouettes, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Argos exceeded it by almost 50000 Ottawa by nearly 12000 and Montreal just $794. So the new owner can tip over his office chair and probably find that money to pay it off. Uh, the Blue Bombers were the most egregious uh, in terms of uh, exceeding the salary cap. 64499 bucks. Remember? Do you remember about two months ago when yours truly said, boy, it sure seems weird that the Bombers have been able to re-sign most of their guys. And I really doubt they can sign all of their guys and and make it work. It just something doesn't seem right. And remember when I said that bomber fans were all over me on the sewer pipe that is Twitter and you're a loser and look at this guy and he doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't know how he got the job and what a goofball and I'm call one lady. I'm calling Randy Ambrosi's office and you're going to hear about it. You've outright accused the team of cheating. 
Well, first of all, I didn't outright accuse a team of cheating. I said something doesn't smell right. The Bombers are $64,499 over, not under, over the salary cap. Well, every team doesn't. Personally, I wish the Riders would do it. I wish they would have done it last year because kudos to the Bombers, kudos to Ottawa, kudos to Toronto, and kudos to Montreal. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. But not every team did it because, well, there are five teams that didn't exceed the salary cap. So, And the two teams that were the most uh, devious that way played in the Grey Cup on our home turf in Regina, Winnipeg and Toronto. I just snicker when holier-than-thou bomber fans say, you, oh, you're a liar, you're a loser, you're just typical rider guy saying that. No, 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 no. Uh, I'd love an apology. It's funny, though I'm looking on... I'm looking on Twitter, and I don't see anything from the Bomber fans. There's not one thing from the Bomber fans. Hmm. Hmm. Well, everybody does it. Everybody's doing it. If, if everybody's not doing it, if you don't think everybody's not doing it, you're out to lunch. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Anyway, yeah, I'd like to see an apology from Bomber fans. Rider Rally set for Sunday, May 7th from 11 to 3.30. Uh, Gets Rider Nation back into Mosaic Stadium. Club excited to announce a brand new free fan event to kick off the football season. Hosted by our own Mark Johnston from Play 92. We'll have some entertainment there. We'll have some different uh, riders, including Trevor Harris there. Face painting, a field goal kicking station. Uh, Western Pizza will be open on the concourse for food and beverages. Like I said, the ultimate 80s pop and rock cover band, Dangerous Cheese, will be there. Um, and fans won't want to miss a chance to jam out from everything for, to Mike, from Michael Jackson to wake me up before you go, go, wham. Free parking is available. Yeah, that's May the 7th, 11 to 3.30 at Mosaic Stadium. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Hey everybody, how you doing? What a great day out there. Spring is sprung, the grass is riz. I wonder where my ball glove is or football cleats because it's football season coming up. Finally feels like it. We are getting in a football mode around here. The CFL draft is May the 2nd, both global and Canadian draft. We will cover the Canadian draft from pillar to post, from the start to the end. We'll be there with the Sports Cage Live, and then we will be there for the entire draft night. Where you're asking, it's coming together, as Hannibal used to say in the A-team. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, YouTube it. I love it when a plan comes together. Draft night, we're going to have lots of different experts on to help me break it down. And we're going to be live at the Harvard Studio 620. They've got a draft night party for some season ticket holders, a season ticket holder event. I have nothing to do with it, but I will be on site with the Sports Cage and with the 620 CKRM draft night brought to you by CAA because we are your voice of CFL football, not just the scale. Saskatchewan Rough Rider football. If you want CFL news from coast to coast like butter and toast, sound like a wrestler. Woo! It's right here. 620 CKRM. And riding shotgun with me today is Colson Schultz. Thanks to him for coming in. But normally it's my dry sidle. It's my messier. It's my 
Kyrie Irving to LeBron James, it's Sean Kleisinger. I would have used some sort of Bucks uh, symbolism, but I couldn't go Giannis and uh, Middleton because pfft, the Bucks suck this year. Sorry, Zinger. Zinger's listening in his uh, room. Is He's staying at a bunch of cheap hostels as he's going to watch some Premier League soccer in England. He's listening right now on the CKRM app, and that's right. You have no excuses. You have no excuses. You can listen to us anywhere. We're never out of range at 620CKRM.com. Big things ahead for this station and Harvard Media. Make sure you continue to listen and follow us on all our social media pages and on the website. All right. We do a thing on Fridays called Sports Cage Rewind. We did one earlier with Nelson LaCombo. Uh, This one involves our buddy Sean Kleisinger. So what we do is we take some of the best interviews we did during the week and rewind them for you. Because not everybody checks us out in podcast form. Some people only do it on the radio, so we service those people too. We service everybody. That's what we do. More people served than bloody McDonald's. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to listen now to an interview I did earlier this week with Zinger in England. Hit it, Colson. Yeah, so this is what this call is about, huh? You just want me to check in and make fun of me because my team's out? Yeah, I watched it last night. I watched it on my phone. And uh, I'm not impressed. I'm upset, obviously. I mean, we lost to an eight seed, but that's the way she goes. Jimmy Butler, he was the best player in the series. And usually in basketball, the team that has the best player in the series will win the series. And our best player was on the bench for half the series. So that's what happened, Baldy. Yeah, bruised ass for sure. Hey, are you uh, are you happy? I think the Packers fleeced Aaron Rodgers, uh, fleeced the Jets for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, uh, when I saw that news, First of all, a lot has happened since I've been away. I mean, the Bucs have been eliminated. Rodgers officially traded. But when I saw the news that Rodgers was dealt, the thing that I loved about it most was that next year's pick, it's a second rounder, but it can move up to a a first rounder if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps this year for the Jets. So that right away is like, okay, well, that's you can pretty much bank it. That's going to be a first rounder next year. So we move up two spots in this year's draft from 15th to 13th. We had a second-round pick to this year's draft as well. And then, like, yeah, like, we totally win the trade. I'm very happy about it. Still very weird seeing Rodgers hold up that number eight jersey uh, with the Jets. And actually, yesterday I was at Stamford Bridge um, before the Chelsea and Brentford game, and I got the notification on my phone that Aaron Rodgers' uh, press conference was about to happen with the New York Jets. So I opened up YouTube, and I was watching it in the stadium, but I couldn't hear it. So I just kind of put it up to my ear. So I wasn't watching it. I was just listening to it. Yeah. So uh, Rodgers is following me around everywhere, man. But uh, yeah, I'm, answer your question. I'm very happy about the the picks that we got. And uh, Zinger and Ballsy pr- uh, correctly predicted he'd take number eight because that's what he wore in college. So there you go, number eight. At least at least that's he wasn't great. so arrogant to take Namath's number uh, twelve. Okay, let's get to England first off. Before the soccer, what was your what was your initial, like, what were you thinking England was going to be like, and did it line up with how you thought it would be? Yeah, it's uh, it's not as much of a culture shock as what it was when I went to Germany years ago, because, well, first of all, they speak English here, right? So it's, <laughs> when, I, when I went to Germany, they were speaking a different language. So that alone, it's much easier to get around. Um, definitely the, the buildings are and stuff are a lot older than... I mean, in Regina, but overall, it's, it 
just another place, man. You know, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to downplay it and be like, oh, yeah, England's not a big deal. It's just, yeah, it's it, it's nice. But uh, once you are in it for a couple of days, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, you know, it's not something that I would, uh, like, recommend someone to come see if they're not, like, a, a huge fan of a sport or if they don't want to, you know, but... I'm glad I'm here, man. I'm yeah. Glad. So did you tell the people why you went to uh, England? You're doing it yourself. Your family, wife and uh, kid, Casper, wife, Lydia, they're going to do something else. But why are you doing this? Uh, what was the per- uh, purpose for it? Yeah, so my great-grandmother, uh, Agnes Lowe, she was born in uh, Plumstead, England, which is uh, just on the outskirts of London here. And she uh, moved to Canada with her family back in 1910. And uh, she was only 16 years old at the time. And my mom has always talked about how her grandmother was from England. And my granddad always used to talk about it as well. So it's always been a thing that I wanted to go see. So my first day here in England, I actually uh, hopped on the train and I took the train out east to Plumstead and uh, just kind of walked around. And I went to the very first site where Arsenal FC, the Arsenal soccer team, Premier League, um, their very first site where their stadium used, uh, used to be, it was in Plumstead and just kind of walked around the area, looked at the houses, went into a couple stores, just kind of, I sat on a bench for about 15, 20 minutes and just kind of, you know, I don't want to say got, got emotional. I don't want to say that, but I just kind of just reflected on, uh, on my family history and I just thought about, uh, you know, how things came to be. So that was really meaningful for me to, to be able to go, where my great uh, great grandmother was from, because I've heard people talk about it all my life, and uh, to me, for me to be there, it was kind of it was surreal, really, man. I enjoyed it. And so, what's the uh, Premier League soccer like? Tell me about that. You went and watched Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea played Brentford last night at Stamford Bridge, and Chelsea they're not doing too great this year. They're sitting like mid table, so they're about eleventh place ish, and they were playing Brentford. And Brentford, this is only like their third year in the Premier League, and they've been around since like 1890-something, but this is only their third season in the top-flight league in England. So it's a big deal for Brentford, and surprisingly for them and their fans, they're doing quite well this year, Brentford. And yesterday, they uh, were playing Chelsea, obviously, at Stamford Bridge, and Brentford uh, won 2 to uh, two. I was going to say 2 to nil, but I'll go through that. They won 2 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you gotta say yeah, you gotta hey hey you gotta you gotta stick with this uh, local soccer lingo. How many people were there? Uh, third, uh, just over thirty nine thousand. So it was a uh, it was a sellout. Yeah, Stafford Bridge. It's a it's an older stadium. It's it's undergone some renovations over the years and stuff. Obviously, it, it opened like early nineteen hundreds. But uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't know when you walk into the stadium. It's pretty much looking brand new. But the seating capacity is just under. Uh, uh, 39,000. Actually, the game that I uh, went to tonight was Tottenham versus Manchester United. That's the stadium where uh, all the NFL games basically happen when they come over here to London. That's where the Packers lost to the New York Giants last year, and that stadium is over uh, 60,000, approaching 70,000. So, yeah, it was cool to see Tottenham and uh, uh, Manchester uh, Manchester United tonight as well. And what's that like? What what just what is it like? Is it a lot of singing? Is it just constant activity in the stands at least? Yeah, you, you know, you'll talk to people and they'll be like, "Hey, there's nothing like the atmosphere at a 
English soccer game. And in a way, that's that's true because there is a part of the stadium where it's just constant cheering and constant uh, noise throughout the whole game. But that's usually just only one part of the stadium, and that's usually just behind one of the behind one of the nets. That's like the cheering crowd. That's like where all the uh, you know, all the backers and all the club members sit. So those people, they stand up all game long, holding their scarves, chanting songs, singing songs. But the rest of the stadium, it's kind of more of like a CFL or NFL type of game for those people. They they stand up and cheer, and then they sit down uh, when the game kind of reacts to them doing so, if you know what I mean. Mm. So a lot of people think that the whole stadium is up in arms and chanting the whole game when – Really, it's not the case. It's just one section of the stadium. But the only difference is from the feel of when you're going to like a American or a Canadian football league game is there's always that constant noise in the background throughout the whole play. Uh, but uh, it's it's really cool, man. I like it. It's a little bit different of a feel. If I had to pick what environment I like better, I would rather have, you know, 33,000 screaming fans at Mosaic Stadium standing up on like a second and long when the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are on offense, having 33,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs rather than having, say, about 12,000 people chanting and singing songs throughout the game. So if I had to choose what environment I like better, I would have to go with the Canadian slash American Football League environment. I love it, man. I've never, lastly, I've never, it's one place I've never wanted to go. I've never thought about going to England. <laughs> people people say you should go. I just, that in New York City, I have no desire. Because when I think of those two, I think of uh, dreary and just cloudy and buildings and everything like that. Am I right? Yeah, actually, I have, we haven't seen much sun, uh, sunshine since I've been here. It's been cloudy. It kind of feels like Vancouver weather. It, I know we're having uh, suits on today, so it's feeling like his type of weather out here. Yeah. Kind of dreary. Yeah. Kind of, it's kind of depressing. Not gonna lie, but uh, who's who's to say that I should be? In- depressed people are listening to this thinking you're in england you're not depressed come on yeah so go but, uh, you know, yeah so fun, go man. i'm looking forward to getting back you're gonna have some tea and crumpets maybe right i had a couple of cups of tea I, apparently when you want a cup of tea here you just gotta say cuppa that's but, all you gotta say and i learned that about two days in and i'm still trying to get used to this lingo here is that, is that pretty good <laughs> pretty, you like my lingo that's pretty good your lingo is <laughs> good uh, are you gonna watch the nfl draft later or check it out or what Oh, absolutely, man. Yes, I've been, I've been, you know, I've had my finger on the pulse on the American sports scene. The Blue Jays, they swept the Chicago White Sox. That was beautiful to see. They haven't allowed a run in like uh, two games now, and I think they only allowed two runs in that three-game series. Of course, we already talked about my Bucks. They lost. Aaron Rodgers traded. How about our Oilers? How about how about our Oilers, Zinger? How about our Oilers? Oh, that's right too. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been checking on the Oilers. Three-two series lead. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They have us uh, their series lead as well. I saw their general manager was barking at some Tampa Bay Lightning fans from up in the press box. Yeah, real Don't classy. Know how I feel about that. Yeah, class. real classy. Yeah, real classy, eh? That's gonna come back and bite them. By the way, once the once the Leafs blow the series. You know, he's going to get fired and that's going to, that's going to be carried with him for the rest of his career. You do, you do realize that, right? It's hilarious. Hey, Zinger, have a good rest of the trip and we'll see you when you, when you come back, you hit the ground running. We got the, the CFL draft when you get here. It's circle on my calendar, baby. May 2nd, Tuesday. Let's go. Let's go. 
Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the sports cage. Let's update you on the scores. Islanders home to Carolina, 13 minutes to go in the first. Islanders and Carolina are scoreless. 3-2 series lead for the Canes. Panthers home to the Bruins in about uh, 10 minutes they start. 3-2 Bruins are leading that series. They choked away the last game, losing in overtime. Wild trying to stay alive on home ice against the Stars. That game gets started 7.30 our time. Stars up three games to two. They've won the last two. And the Seattle Kraken are home to the Avalanche in their first ever Stanley Cup playoff series up three games to two on the defending champion Avs. It's a great Seattle team against the stars of the Avs, and Kale McCarr's back in the lineup after serving that suspension. I want to give you an update on the... Um, get back to hockey in one second here. I want to get you an update on the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are home to the Seattle Mariners, bottom of the first. They are scoreless right now. Our own Blaine Weiland saw a picture from him behind home plate. He's in attendance for... Uh, two of the three games, he says he might sneak in the Sunday game before he has to go to the airport. Uh, okay, a couple of uh, picks worth mentioning in the NFL draft. Joey Porter Jr., the son of Joey Porter Sr., who is a, I think he's a coach in the XFL right now, but he is a, um, he was a linebacking great with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Joey Porter Jr. has been picked by the Pittsburgh Steelers. First pick of the second round. The second pick Going 33rd overall to the Tennessee Titans is quarterback out of Kentucky, Will Levis, who fell out of the first round. A lot of people were talking that he would be the uh, second quarterback taken in the draft, but he is taken in round number two with the second pick by the Tennessee Titans. And the Detroit Lions at third overall take tight end Sam Laporta, who is a uh, out of Ohio, the Hawkeyes. Uh, that was a pick from Arizona to Detroit. On the clock right now, the Indianapolis Colts. All right, so uh, let's roll this from last night. Chandler Stevenson scored two goals, and you'll hear that coming up on Pat Chat, to sink the Jets. The Jets' first team eliminated from the playoffs, and their coach, Rick Bonus was not happy. Overall thoughts, I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we, so as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top end players we've talked about? We got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. You got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. He's a hard-nosed coach. He's not happy. He said he's been waiting for months to have this outburst. So, there'll be a shakeup in Winnipeg. Will their general manager, Kevin Cheveldayoff, survive? He's been there 12 years. They've only made the playoffs three. Three playoff runs in 12 years. People are saying he's kind of timid at the trade deadline. Should have shook this team up last year. Didn't. There's going to be shakeups in Winnipeg. And what's going to happen in Calgary? They're looking for a new GM. Jerome McGinley has um, endorsed his old teammate Craig Conroy as a good GM uh, candidate. Uh, Daryl Sutter's on a two-year extension. But apparently in the exit interviews, the players don't like Daryl. He's mean. And a lot of them say they won't be back anonymously if Daryl Sutter, even if they're under contract, they're not playing if Sutter's the coach. Apparently ownership wants Sutter back. We shall see what happens. Today's player, in a lot of cases, soft 
as puppy poo. Oh, and a shout out to the University of Regina Rams. We were at their fundraising dinner yesterday. Um, they are starting their spring camp today, running through the weekend. So if you want to go watch some uh, university practice and see how the Rams are going to look this year, go check them out over there at the field at the U of R. We'll be back with um, Luke Molitor next here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. NHL playoffs. The New York Islanders try to keep their playoff hopes alive. And uh, they were down three games to one. One, uh, one, three, two in Carolina. They're up one, nothing right now with seven oh four to go in the opening period. Jay still scoreless with Seattle and the draft rolling along. First pick of the second round, Joey Porter Jr. going to his dad's old team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Quarterback Will Levis going to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Sam Laporta, tight end out of Iowa, going to the Lions and the Haters took Michael Mayer, a tight end out of Notre Dame. He was the guy that dropped. Some people thought he'd go to the Chargers at 18, but he's in the second round of the Raiders. He's a pretty good prospect. When we come back after Pat Chat, Luke Molliner joins us on the other side. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chat from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. Brought to you by our friends at the Canadian Brew House. Simply Spike Lemonade is new to the CBH with four bold, full-flavored, fizzy choices for you to enjoy. Well, Chandler Stevenson, the former Regina Pat, continues his outstanding Stanley Cup playoff performance. Picks it off the glass. He'll feed it around to Brendan Dillon. Here to the line of Mark Stone. Cut it off. Stone's got it in his state. Down and scores! Chandler Stevenson! And tonight, a friend of the sports cage, Jordan Everly, the former Regina Pat sniper, will try to help the Seattle Kraken win their first ever playoff series as they're up three games to two tonight on home ice against the defending Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. This has been Pat Chat. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Wilson Homes, a sponsor, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Our text line, 936-6262, powered by the Capital Auto Group, and all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. But we got a guest in to wrap up the show. That's our friend Luke Motter, color commentator on the Rough Rider Radio Network. <laughs> I was so happy to see the Leafs lose last night. Not Listen, just for the fact that I still think they're going to win this series, but I just for once wanted to see Leaf fans explode on Twitter. They did. Did we? <laughs> just there's not, not one. There's not one Leafs fan right now. Yeah, not one. No, that is looking forward to Game Six. Not one. I'm not looking forward to. Game well, six. that's because everybody's worried about Game Seven's result yeah. now already. Yeah. It's, yeah. And you know what? That you know why? Because we're used to it. We've yeah. seen this all before. Yeah, We've the seen movie, this yeah. movie before. Yeah, right. So Vasilevsky though finally finally decided he wouldn't play beer league and he'd play NHL hockey. Yeah, yeah. He just woke <laughs> up and he's like, "Oh man, should probably try today." That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty big game. <laughs> I guess I'll try. Oh, yeah, and then I, made, just, I make ten million. Yeah. I better do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't yeah. it amaze you though? For the most part, Luke. It it it. it Your former professional athlete. Take me inside the mindset because. Um, like these guys make millions of dollars during the season, mm-hmm. and by comparison, they make nothing in the playoffs. And it's the no. best. It's the best. Like well, it's, it's the be- best action. Well, it's because now everybody's on the same page. 
right? There's no, hey, this guy's getting this and this guy's yeah. this. Now everybody's really focused in on that one goal that you're always focused in on. Whole off season, all all training camp. It's the Stanley Cup. Like you see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think for Canadians, Luke, and we'll jump in. It's not. It's not so much because like when you're seven, eight, nine in Canada, you're not dreaming of. You're not thinking about the the ten million dollar check you're getting. No. You're you're dreaming that you're Wayne Gretzky on the street hoisting the Stanley you're, yeah, Cup. You're, you're you're playing with your friends and you're oh man, thirty seconds left. Yeah. Right? Leafs lose again. Top quarter, <laughs> go overtime winner, yeah. game seven. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You're yeah. thinking about that. You're yeah. you're in the bathroom and you're doing like press conferences in your yeah. mind about the fact that you yeah. just scored the game winning yeah. goal. Like that's you're not being like you're not outside with your buddies being like, Oh yeah boys, ten ten years, sixty three point five million. Mm. I got 25 up front, right? Like, hey, What do you think of today's athlete? Rick Bonus was on here, the Jets coach. We played the clip a couple of times, and he basically said he was disgusted by his team. His guys don't work hard enough. He, he called out his upper-end guys. Uh, and then... Uh, there's a lot of well, I, first of all, attitude reflects leadership. Yeah, so but, but 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 I think he took over a team that was already played. Uh, let's play it for Luke so he can hear it here. Play it again for Luke here. Overall thoughts, I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we, so as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top end players? We've talked all we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. You got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. Now, he's an old school coach. Daryl Sutter in Calgary is an old school coach. And there's talk that a lot of the guys, even if they're in a contract, no names, but mm. they're not coming back if Sutter's back yeah, because he's too today, mean. No, it's today's, listen, today's athlete. That's what I wanted to pay Today's athlete is, is entitled, is, doesn't want to do the work, would rather, would rather complain. And, and complain their way and and sue their way to what they think they want versus actually get in there and work hard. That is that is today's athlete. They reflect today's generation, right? Where where I should have this. I shouldn't have to work hard mm-hmm. for it. I deserve this, right? I deserve this for what? Do something. And I agree with them. I, uh, right? Even though I did say attitude reflects leadership. Like yeah. if you want them to be yeah. competitive, if you want to push that back, you have to bake that in to what you're doing as a head coach and with the rest of your coaching staff. But that's today's athlete. Today's athlete wants everything handed to them on a platter. They don't want to work hard. And the worst part is when adversity hits, Today's athlete folds, and that's why you have so many, so many parents, and 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 it's and you know what too, it's it's actually the parents too, right? Like these parents are soft, and 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 that's why because the parents it, like it's like it's, it's like if Luther, I'll tell you what, I promise, if Luther's if Luther is doing terrible in school, the one thing I won't do, and you can hold me to this, is I won't go into his teacher and blame his teacher nope. and say why isn't my son right. got better grades? You're not teaching my son, but that's these parents these days, oh, right? So hundred percent. So and, and you know we we go to these track meets and all of a sudden instead of the one two three podium, there's literally one two three four five six seven eight. Yep. There's kids lined up down the track and you're just like what do you you know why you know why because life life actually is rough life actually expects results and life isn't fair that's the best thing about sports and i always when i used to coach amateur football Mm -hmm. 
Ethan was on my team, obviously, I'd have a parent coach meeting and I'd bring everybody together, all the parents, and I'd say, you're going to hear winning isn't everything. And it isn't everything, but it is important because if it wasn't important, we wouldn't have scoreboards at events. You wouldn't have scoreboards at rinks, football fields. So no, not everybody wins and kids need to know right away. Not everybody's going to have the same job, no. the same life, the same woman, the same man, the same man. You, you, it's just the way that it is. Lord, and it, it's, com- it's competitive. Lord forbid you run a business based on meritocracy. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's what's crazy in the world today is that is that we've just it's just become far too entitled. And I think that I think that honestly, it 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 takes guys like Rick Bonus to like it's the Leafs, the Leafs, too. The Leafs are no different. If we had kept Babcock, we would have been farther into the play. I'm not saying we would have won the Stanley Cup, but our but our guys, our top guys, they're a bunch of babies too. They yeah. want everything handed. They wanted it a little bit softer. They you want to know why Con- we talked about Connor McDavid yesterday? And yes, I'm an Oiler guy, but I, 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 I'm going to tie the Oilers and the Leafs in here. You want to know why Connor McDavid is the best player on the planet in his sport, and it's not close. Last year. Austin Matthews was named the MVP, and he had a great season. He had 60 goals. But, man. but Connor McDavid is the best player on the planet and probably was last year. What did McDavid do? What did McDavid do? McDavid didn't, there's no, like, you know McDavid's pissed off, but what McDavid did is he called up Austin Matthews. They went and trained together in the summer. He figured out how Austin Matthews does his little deal in terms of, Shoots the puck, toe drag, mm. he, and he incorporated those skills into his game. Yeah. And now we go. People said, "Well, this guy doesn't shoot enough. He doesn't score enough." Now he has sixty-four goals, and he blew well, everybody out of the water. Well, it's it's you got to you got to take from best practices, right? The best businesses do it. The best offensive and defensive coordinators in football do it. The best the best basketball coaches do it. If something is successful, like this is this, you copy it, you do it, right? Because that's a best practice. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I, but I would say that you know he he is the best player, right? He is yeah. the best player on on skates right now. Yeah. But but is he the best leader? Well, and that's where I think that well, his next because yeah. because because you're always going to be judged. You're always going to okay, be but like Charles Barkley be... has absolute bombs talking trash to him. Charles Barkley is one of the best seventy five players that's ever touched the basketball ever mm-hmm. ever ever ever. And he's got complete bums that are coming to him. And 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 it's and some of it's valid because Charles Barkley doesn't have a championship. Right? Yeah. So so, so so but here's this here's this. Cha- I get championships. Can you be? And this might tie into the riders. Can you be a leader? Mm-hmm. And not be a vocal leader because I don't Absolutely. think I don't think Connor McDavid is Absolutely. a vocal There's leader. Vocal. There's all types of leadership. Yeah. There's all types of because leadership. Because Trevor Harris, I think he he was on the stage yesterday at the Rams banquet. He's in town. We just had him on the air. Oh, yeah. Very well spoken, but I don't know that he's a raw raw guy. I told you he's not going to be. You gotta you just and that's that's where lead, that's where other leadership comes in and that's where coaching staffs come in. You have to understand. Okay, well this guy is the you know Trevor Harris. I mean he's the highest paid player on the football team. So it. De facto, organically, he's just the face of the franchise. But, guys, here's what he's not. He's not a guy that's going to go in there and give a Tim Tebow speech at halftime and get everybody pumped up, and they're not going to come out there and blast a team by 50. Hmm. We need other guys to do that. We need our offensive linemen to step. We need defensive linemen to be more vocal. We have. There is going to be a gap. There's not a gap in talent with Trevor Harris, but there is a gap in a guy that you know is going to lead differently. So you have to you have to take that what you have in a quarterback a very 
very skilled quarterback, and you have to augment. You have to fill the gaps that he may present as the team's face of the franchise. One thing that uh, that doesn't get talked about a lot, I know you know it well. It was brought up at the dinner last night. In fact, I brought it up here on, on the show. He has a career completion percentage of 70.7 which is the best in CFL history mm-hmm. over a certain time frame yeah. with a minimum amount of right. games that is that's big for the Rough Riders this yeah, year huge. with a new offensive coordinator. Well, more importantly he's a guy that's going to get the ball out quick you and I are going to be up in the broadcast booth and we're going to notice a difference right away. He gets, he's going to get the ball out, he's going to make quick decisions and he's going to leave to his playmakers. I, I'm telling you, I think I think they have, and that's why I've been so, that's why I think this year's so fascinating and that's why I'm actually really enthused, right, and, and really, really optimistic because I think that, you know, one of the things that we weren't getting last year was that QB play, the smart, the smart quick decisions, right, and I think Trevor Harris for, for everything that he, he may not be to other people, the one thing he's going to do is he's going to get the ball out of his hands and into other people's hands. I want to talk about some CFL-related stuff, including the draft coming up next week. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the Sports Cage. Talking draft here with our buddy Luke Mulliner. Um, NFL draft, Bryce Young expected to go one. He did uh, to Carolina, Alabama quarterback. I think, uh, was it Richardson went two? Um, so, no, no, C.J. Stroud went C.J. Stroud went two. Richardson yeah. was up there in Levis. Richardson went four, yeah. which is which is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, Indy really yeah. reached there. Yeah, and then they got uh, Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback. The, he's now with the Titans in the, the second Titans round. Now. Okay, but where I'm going with this is, I was joking, Bryce Young, it might be not draft day, but pay cut day for him, because, you know, NILs. Yeah. How do you feel about those, uh, those image and likeness deals in yeah. NCAA college yeah. football? Well, I think that back in my day right there was a real discrepancy the, the business it's a, it's a billion dollar industry and the athletes weren't getting anything the problem was i think that they implemented uh they implemented hey listen the athletes can get paid now they implemented a strategy around that but they didn't regulate it right off the bat i think they took like a wait and see mm-hmm. um type of attitude but the problem is now that it is so good on the athlete side if they try to roll it back now there's going to be just complaints everywhere it's also widening widening excuse me the gap between the power five schools like you know, like so. This is so. Say this is football. You know, SEC, yeah. um, Big Ten, right? Um, ACC, like it, your Clemson, your Alabama's, your Georgia's. Those, yeah, it's making the rich get richer, and 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 it's widening the gap between the the, the smaller conferences, right? Like the SWAC or something. But I mean, as I told you off air, I also think that it's closing the gap between the mid major con- um, schools and conferences to like D one double A and 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 D two. So um, that's like probably the only benefit. But yeah, it's. I mean, it is. It, it was a business before they created the NIL system. It was a business. And now we're seeing now we're seeing that other side of the business. Kids are, are, are transferring. Like the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Schools have to spend as much time recruiting their own athletes this year, the, these days as they do recruiting high school athletes that don't belong to this. That's crazy, right? Like they're, they're, literally, like they're literally segmented recruiting processes. I think you can turn your program around a lot faster, though. Like, look at Deion Sanders. He just smoked everybody out of Colorado. Yeah, Deion Sanders, well, Deion Sanders treated it like a billion-dollar business, and he had tryouts, and he cut the guys that he wanted. And now he's got 60-something scholarships that, that he can give out, right? Back then, if this was a, a 
this is a decade ago, Deion Sanders would have had to come in and he would have had to coach the guys that, he, that were already there. And he would have had to use the scholarships that came in due to due to expiry, expiry of senior uh, players and just redshirt uh, jerseys that came up, right? So he like he literally told like like dozens of players, you're not good enough for this program. So so he treated it, and and people are actually mad at that. People are upset, but hey, why would Dion not treat it like if if that's what it is right now? That's what college football is right now. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's essentially another pro league now where guys look at Angel Angel Reese at LSU. She just won a championship. She literally said, "I'm not going to the WNBA because I get more in college." She's literally said, I get more than some of the highest paid people in the WNBA. I'm staying right where I am for as long as I can. Literally. So I wonder if they'll change rules for Canadians because Luke Molitor, if he was playing right now, he wouldn't get an NIL because of the it, it compromises your student visa. Canadians cannot, really? I didn't know Canadians that. cannot wow. get an NIL. See, I didn't know that. Oh well I think that I think agents that, are working on that, but you can't. No. Nope. Well, I think that what you do is that you just end up manipulating the grant system that already exists in college, right? So so hey, look, flip them money here and then we'll put the money back through here. So they'll find a way if you had some talent. But I'm telling you right now, I played I played with Charles Rogers. Yeah. Now listen, his NFL career is like Charles yeah, Rogers. This kid is the best, still the best athlete that I've ever seen. Okay, ever from my time in Canada to me being forty-two hours, two, two years old, he got drafted number two overall to the Detroit Lions. Lions, right? He is still to this day the best athlete I've ever laid wow. eyes on. That kid right there would have been getting millions. Millions at Michigan State, millions. Yeah, and so, 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 so that it makes sense because though there's guys that were already getting millions, now the athletes are just they're they're literally using their name, image, and likeness to actually bank. But but it's the one subject where I'm kind of on the fence on. Yeah, well, well, it's because it's exploded to the point it is right now. If they and they took that whole wait and see thing, right? Mm -hmm. And Nick Saban. You know, God bless Nick Saban. He's just sitting back there and being like, I told you so. And the other thing about Nick Saban, you see all these people in the transfer portals? You see anybody leaving Alabama? Nope. Nope. He's, he can coach till he's 85. He, he didn't need to recruit. He just, he just brings him to the house and says, oh, yeah. look at all these Well, you know that. You got, you got recruited by him. Hey, so I want to I want to ask you, the draft's coming up. Give me your draft story. You didn't want to come to Saskatchewan. Tell us that story. <laughs> no, serious. Tell us the story. You told Lars. me it's on the plane. <laughs> so, it's funny. I'm so, I think I've told this before. I, and so for the people who, who've heard it, I'm sorry. But um, so, so I was, uh, you know, I listen, I was, I was not the person that I am today back then. And I and, and the reason I said Well, that Eddie Steele said he was an a-hole too. He thought he was bigger than he was. Yeah, but he was He wasn't as I big was, as Luke Mo. No, no, no. He was he was a he was he was actually really good. He's not. Well, so are you good? I think he's telling. No, no, no. I'm talking about he was a, no, good, but he, he was but he, a good kid. No, he, he was a good kid. Okay. Anyways, I was, okay, I was not a good okay. kid. I did a lot of growing up here. Good good so, of you, good of you to say. So I I really I didn't want, you know, if I played in the CFL, I wanted to be drafted by Toronto. And I actually got an agent who I knew he'd gone to Northwestern for that reason. I didn't yeah. need an agent. You don't need an yeah. agent in the CFL. Yeah, right. And especially me. I, yeah. w- I didn't have a ton of film, right? Yeah. I wasn't Elaine Kashama, um, not McKay Lauscher. So, right, I needed some film. But anyways, I, I, I took Terrence. He went to Northwestern because, you know, he was a guy that was, and I told him, 
Hey, look, man, I just want to look. I, if I do play in the CFL, I want to play at home. You know, I, I have my clothing that I sell and stuff yeah. out of my dorm and my yeah. apartment at Michigan State. We're going to create a business behind it, right? And we did that, right? But so, anyways, so I'm sitting, so, you know, I go up and, and me and Terrence go over. He's like, well, you don't have a ton of film. I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, why don't you just go up to the CFL combine, dominate some of those guys in one on one, right? And, and I had a really good CFL yep. combine, right? So I went down and he's like, yeah, you're definitely going to get drafted, right? Who knows where you're going to get drafted, but you're definitely going to get drafted. So anyways, I'm day, draft day. I'm sitting on, and it's not like back nowadays where you can just, so I, I, I'm sitting in my, I'm sitting in the study hall. I got an essay due for one of my classes, right? Uh, like, cause I got to graduate, right? Yeah. I'm sitting in the study hall and you know, I'm, I'm watching my phone. It's not right. I'm refreshing the links and I'm not getting drafted in like the first, second round. So I'm like, wow, screw it. I'm just going to, I'm going to finish my essay and get out of here. Right. So the phone finally rings. Right. And he's like, Hey. Luke, man, you know, um, congratulations. It's Terrence, you, you, you got drafted, man. Congratulations. And the first thing I said, all right, nice. Thanks, man. Appreciate all your hard work. Where'd I get drafted? Immediately, he goes, oh, yeah, man, the team's really excited about you. They think that you're going to be a guy that can that can probably commit and, 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 and contribute right away. I'm like, sweet, man, where are you going to get drafted? Oh, and by the way, you know, you're going to love the head coach and GM. I'm like, dude, where did I get drafted? And he's like, and, and, you know, they've got to set up. And I, I, I says, Terrence, stop talking. Where did I get drafted? He goes, Saskatchewan. But now, listen. Now, and he just, immediately, he started, right? And I was like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? I'm supposed to be in Toronto. And so I, so then I was in a real dilemma. But you know what? Thank the Lord. Uh, everything happens for a reason. I feel like I grew up in, in Saskatchewan. Like, not grew up from a kid. Like, mentality. Like, the, the, mm -hmm. the dude I am or think I am now is not the dude that... Entered, got off the plane in 2004. Well, so Eddie Steele said, Ed, Eddie said, hey, I thought I'd go in the first round because I was yeah. highly touted. I didn't go to the 22nd pick third round of Hamilton. He goes, yeah. had I gone to Edmonton or somewhere else, I probably wouldn't have been in the league as long as I was because I got a chance to learn behind some good guys and develop yeah. in Hamilton and I'm forever grateful I went to Hamilton yeah, first. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it, it really worked out. I you know, I thank, I thank, I thank the Lord for uh, for Roy Shivers and Danny Barrett. Right? You got I a can, wife and some good kids out of the deal? Yeah, you know, I got I got a life. I got, I'm blessed. I can't, I can't complain if I'm complaining I'm a jerk so yeah. it worked out but yeah it was funny just like he literally wouldn't tell me and I'm like dude I, man but at least at least he didn't say, "Yeah, you got drafted by Winnipeg," because then I would have oh, really my lost God. it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Terrible. I wouldn't have gone. What about the Bombers? They were ripping me, the fans, because I had a, we had alluded on the show mm -hmm. that what's going on. It doesn't smell right in Winnipeg, and today they're sixty four thousand dollars over the cap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't see any Bomber fans uh, so saying. So let me ask you something. Yeah, what's the penalty there? I I don't. It's kind of like a luxury tax, but I don't think there's much of a. They charge them that amount. Yeah. So oh, sixty four thousand. Like, yeah, Montreal at seven hundred ninety four over. So, so that's what I'm saying. So what's what's the penalty there? Yeah, after right? 100,000 over, it's draft picks. So then it starts to matter. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, but it's Canadian draft picks. Yeah. So so that is going to happen, right? That is going to, that's the cost of doing business. You're not business. cheating, you're not trying. Well, I don't, I, in the rules, if they're not going to slap your wrists, yep. why that's not? what I mean. Why, why, not? why worry about it? Why not? Right? Yeah, yeah. 60, would, you, would you right now, right now with the Bombers record, Right, two great cups in the last three years. They were back in the great cup this year. Mm -hmm. Right, they're they're set up. They have great foundations of success. Would you take a sixty four thousand dollars fine yes, right now? Of course now? I would. Of course right, I would. Right, right. See what of I'm saying? I so, Riders went over the year. They won the great cup in twenty thirteen. Does anybody talk about being over the salary cap there? No. Nope. Nope. You know what they talk about? The party, <laughs> right? It was amazing. Well, listen, I'm not faulting the Bombers. I'm telling you. I'm not either. I'm telling the fans that we don't do that. We don't do that. Yeah, you do that. Every, every, every team does teams it. Teams are going to stretch 
It, it happens in every league. That's because you're competitive. You, you want to win, right? So if there are rules to be stretched and loopholes to be found, yeah. oh well. You're a winner. Have a good Thanks, weekend. Buddy. Yeah, have Talk a good weekend, soon. everybody. Talk to you soon. We'll be back Monday with another great show. Thanks for tuning in, and have yourself a great weekend. Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.